Hey, awesome nerds, and welcome to another episode of D&D and TV, the podcast where we rewatch classic TV shows and talk about why we like the stories and how we'd use those character concepts and themes in our role-playing games. I am your host, Jeremy, and I am joined by my friend, Meek, who is uh, picking out a dress and mask for some sort of event uh, on the Upper East Side. It's going to be It's on my bucket. You know, it's actually on my life bucket list. I haven't actually been to a masquerade ball before. I believe, yeah, I have been to a masquerade ball. Uh, probably Fancy. A, a good five years before this show came out. Uh, and very much like Nate, I looked like a very poor Phantom of the Opera. Uh, so you know, on, but uh, just fun fact, I'm going to start with the facts, Rachel. Do you know that, Jeremy, facts. fun fact, masquerade balls have been around before this episode of Gossip Girl? I did know that, uh, thanks oh, to okay. a little bit cool. of an introduction from Gossip Girl themselves. <laughs> uh, thank you for that. Uh, well, this <laughs> this um, podcast normally would be spoiler-free. However, there is one spoiler from Gossip Girl from mm. 2007, because that is the show we are watching, mm. that uh, we have to have to mention that Dan Humphrey, main character, is also <laughs> the eponymous character of Gossip Girl, as was revealed in the last episode. And we will be looking, yeah. looking at this... Series. What? Of the series? Not like series? the last episode. Oh, sorry, this the last series. episode of the series, not of the season yes. or this, this yes. podcast or anything. Sorry, that He's was not for people come like on. me who would listen to that and be like, oh, Dan, like, they don't know Dan's Gossip Girl. No, no one knows Dan's Gossip Girl. The writers certainly don't. And that is why we are telling you, so when you have watched this episode with us, you can see whether there are clues to indicate that Dan is Gossip Girl. Uh, where was, yeah, so Dan is, um, narrating the first part and telling me that masquerade balls are not just from, from the 20th century. They do go back all the way to, I'm assuming pre like 17th century. That's when they seem to be indicating that it's, it's about. I mean, that's pretty easy because pre anything. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> pre 18th century. It's like, oh, there was a lot of pre 18th century in history. Yeah, exactly. Just hedge your bets. Yeah. Well, they seem to be referring to the the noble court of um, of the Bast the Bastille, the Bastille's a prison uh, of the numerous Louis, the Sun King, during the the golden years of the French Regency. Regents? I don't even know where I'm coming these words. It wasn't a French Regency; it was the French aristocracy. Uh, regency. Well, is something you know what I love entirely. about all this? You've just corrected yourself three times, and not once did I even blink. At that knowledge, so. <laughs> at the original word, yeah, yeah. He just let no. me go through it. That's that's fine. Thank you very much for that. Yeah. But we'll you, go you back just to. You such confidence. You you but wanted always it. wanted a masquerade ball. Yeah, hundred percent. Who doesn't? It's like the fantasy of you know being able to hide your identity and then like you know hooking up Cinderella style and then yeah, I don't know. I just love a good dress up. That's fair. That's fair. Now here yeah. is the question because. There is a, an, um, well, it's not actually an amazing fantasy novel series. It is a novel series, fantasy novel series, mm. um, The Wheel of Time, where there is the Festival of Feathers, if I remember correctly, where people's masks actually match their costumes, where if you'll have Ooh. like a, I think there's a few of these in the series. Uh, the one I'm thinking of, you know what? No one cares about Wheel of Time until the show actually starts. So when that happens, I'll talk about it then. Okay. Um, right. Amazing. Either way. Would you want to masquerade like a, a peacock mask and then the dress also matches the peacock oh, colours and like the sure. eyes? Yeah? 
Yeah, you've just, I just remembered, I technically have been to a masquerade ball, but look at this connection in a D&D game. I just oh. remembered we went to a masquerade ball in D&D and I made, my character made all the masks for my party based off their personalities. Oh, that's um, awesome. Because I had, I can't even remember what I had. I had a spell or I had something or somehow, or maybe I just, just commandeered it. Um, and I remember because there's one character, because I was always pilfering money, that they always used to roll insight checks on me uh, because I just <laughs> lied, my character lied constantly. So I remember like everyone got these like super elaborate masks that I put all this detail into a description. I had pages written and they just got like, I was like, you get a brown leather mask. It's plain. It's yours. <laughs> it's simple. It's just a piece of wood I found and cut holes in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. You get a piece of fabric, I put eye holes in. Great. There yeah. you go. Enjoy. It's the equivalent Stop of the ghost. insight checks on me. It's the equivalent of finding that ghost costume where it's just like two whole eye holes yeah. and a sheet over on top of you. Yeah. 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 And I think I even role played. Like I think I even had to roll because one of our party members had like a celestial elephant familiar. And I think oh I made her like, I paper mache this like elephant mask that I had to roll for because it would have taken days for my character to make and which was even more insulting when then I gave this one other character just a plain mask. <laughs> that should be probably like, it's like a, yeah, a piece of parchment with eye holes. Yeah. like, yeah, that's yours. It's the domino mask that um, that Robin wears in the 1960s Batman. It's just like, yeah. it's a piece of cloth with eye holes cut in it. Here you go. No one will recognize you. Yeah. No one's going to be looking at you anyway. Okay. Yeah, I have been to a masquerade ball. And yes, my mask there did match my outfit. So yeah. I've actually, I've run a masquerade ball in D&D. Um, this was ah. in, in Eberron. Um, there's a really cool one in the, the old um, third edition module, Whispers of the Vampire's Blade where they have to, the players basically have to come across there's a vampire at the ball uh, who is trying to escape from <gasps> a whole bunch of vampire reasons. vampires and masquerade balls they seem to be like connected in some way Strad would Strad would throw a sick masquerade ball I don't think uh, Castle Ravenloft has a ballroom I literally like spat my drink out that's impossible I'm bringing up a map of it right now that's impossible yeah. I'm pretty certain it doesn't uh, which is uh, it feels wrong, but I'm I'm going through the map in my head, and I know it's got a dining hall. Um, um, first of all, I'm impressed you can go through that map in your head. So, oh, kudos! I, I have memorized sadly the outline of Castle Ravenloft, um, simply so I can torment players with no, no, you end up here when you're teleported somewhere. Oh my god! It might. Why is Strahd such a party pooper? Because he's such a good Strad is no fun. Strad is no fun. um, No fun Von Zarovich. You know, okay, here is the reason why Castle Ravenloft doesn't have a ballroom because it is a military outpost. It is not a proper castle. It's not about parties and living there. It is about watching over and dominating and oppressing the people of the valley that he has conquered. There's, There's a very good reason why it doesn't have a ballroom because it's a defensible position. It's not for entertaining because Strahd was a military commander. Okay. Fair, but <laughs> amongst all your rooms, if you've got enough room for like a belfry and a brazier room and a torture chamber and an observation balcony and a hall of bones, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. chuck in a ballroom, Strahd. Like it's not going to cost you that much to renovate to add in a ballroom, buddy. Like, you know what? You don't need a familiar room. Get rid of the familiar room. Make it a ballroom. No, that's probably quite small. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Get rid of, I don't know, get rid of what's a hall of faith. 
That doesn't sound important. Cool. Get rid of that. Good, perfect, beautiful. Stained glass windows, perfect ballroom attire. Sure. All right. <laughs> you know what, Strad? Um, if you're listening. Uh, firstly, yeah. leave us a review and give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. That would be great. Uh, and yeah. you've heard our comments on how you should redecorate. Next time you're reincarnated yeah. because you do get killed a lot, just think about it. Just yeah. maybe have some nice curtains you can put over the stained glass window. Yeah. So if the sun does come in, you know, you're not turned to a pile of ash. Just a, just an idea. Yeah. Next time I run this Curse of Strahd, which I thought would be never, but you know what? Now I'm going to say it's going to happen. Uh, we're going to run it like the block. Oh, and yeah. People are going to okay. go to the Castle Ravenloft and are going to oh try and renovate Strahd's Castle without him killing you. That's the that, goal. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. <laughs> I continually threaten to rework um, a Curse of Strahd into like a Strahd on the Bayou, where it's like Louisiana, um, mid 19th, or yeah, mid 19th century. So instead of Ravenloft being this towering castle, it's this big plantation, and that would have a ballroom. And oh, I would also yeah. recast Strahd as this incredibly severe southern bell. Uh, oh, interesting. Just so I can do my southern accent of, I do declare, I simply must have you for dinner. Well done. I like it. I don't need, I need more accent work. I just realised I need to hear more. We need more of this in the podcast. Guys, right. give us a review. Well, if we ever get a character on Gossip Girl who has an accent that's... The weirdest thing that Dan is from Brooklyn... Uh, does not have a Brooklyn accent. They seem to have grown up in Brooklyn their entire yeah. lives and they don't have a Brooklyn accent, which isn't hugely different from, say, regular um, Manhattan accent, but it's certainly not a Jersey yeah. accent, which is right across the river as well. And it's like, well, if that's just right across the river. Why is Brooklyn, which is also just across a different river? Enough about New York. Yes. I also feel like, I feel like you were talking about a ball and then I think I'm so sorry. I think I hijacked that to just get into the Strad the Strad renovation magic. Uh, so sorry, apologies. Your vampire at a ball ever on. Fabulous. Oh no, that, that was pretty much it. I don't want to give away oh, what okay. happens. <laughs> Great. Uh, but it was this, this kind of epic moment of everybody's dancing and it was what is so great about everyone that it's not all combat. It is intrigue mm. and it is sitting on the sidelines and seeing another player dance with the vampire and trying to get information out of mm. them, knowing that at any moment they could just snap and it becomes violent and you're just trying to keep mm. a lid on things <gasps> oh, and not so let everyone did, else know what's going on. Did your players know that there was a vampire there? Yeah, or... yeah, they've been chasing him for quite a while. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. We just, but, we just, we just crashed a ball, and then of we later you did. found out there was there was a polymorph dragon there as well, and there was a vampire. Of, of course, see, vampires love balls. It's canon. Mm. Um, in mm. every iteration of a vampire, they love a ball. Mm. So, surprisingly, there's no vampire at the the masquerade ball that Blair's running. Mm-mm. Not uh, a vampire, I mean, that, but we'll touch on this later because it comes that, up later. But. That we know of. I mean, maybe uh, Gossip Girl with vampires would be an interesting an interesting RPG to run. Who would be? Well, it's very, actually, you know what? It does have a bit of Vampire the Masquerade feels, right? That whole kind yeah. of like, is that there's a sexual undertone to this show, which again is so problematic for something aimed at children, but, yeah, you know. <laughs> I was going to say um, aimed at uh, yeah. aimed at adolescents, which aren't really children, but yeah, they're children. Oh, yeah. yeah. I feel this more so than any of the other teen dramas that were around this time. Um, even mm. going all the way back to Dawson's Creek, uh, which I mm. know Mick's are familiar with. 
it is aimed at the adolescents more so than the parents as well. Like, I feel mm. Dawson's Creek and The O.C. and One Tree Hill, if you had a cool parent who was willing to talk to you, she Meek just rolled her eyes at me when I mentioned One Tree Hill listeners. Literally rolled her eyes at me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I I am going to point out... This, this is something that a listener wrote in. And by a listener, I mean, I figured out listening to a different podcast. One Tree Hill predates Gossip Girl. Mm. I had mm. not realized that until mm. I, just a, about a few days ago. So I, you mm. will need to show some respect to One Tree Hill. <laughs> As Gossip Girl would, would not have occurred. I would if I knew what it was. That's the thing. If I just knew what it was, I it, would possibly Gossip Girl would not anyway. be here today if One Tree Hill had not existed. So anyway, unlike these other shows mm. that preceded um, Gossip Girl, Gossip Girl mm. is not one that parents would want to watch. No, which means that it's a more unique product because it's catering to its audience and it gives it more power and more voice in a, like, you know, adolescent demographic, which is very clever for the way they've done that, right? Like that is that is like pushing the envelope, pushing boundaries. That's the things that, you know, have set in motions, you know, further art to come for eras based off this. I, I'm not going to say as much as that. I will I hand you the point. Um, that Thank it is you. certainly speaking to its demographic. And it now is we're very... getting points? Oh, my God, we can actually... Yeah. I can, I can, all right, I'm going to start a notebook. Yeah, these are I standard debate rules. I get 10 points rules. to start because I'm starting the table. Great. Sure, sure. <laughs> if you've got a table, <laughs> listeners, if you want to go back and see if there are uh, previous previous um, points in previous please. episodes, uh, please do because it means I get more listens. Uh, more downloads <laughs> are always great for a podcast. What was I saying? I think I, I want to be bold. I think we might have been starting to talk about the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll actually get into which episode we're talking about, which is The Handmaiden's Tale, episode six of season season one, yes. uh, directed by Norman Buckley and written by Jessica Queller. Uh, in this episode, Dan is torn between two girls when his childhood friend Vanessa returns home and declares her feelings for him. Gasp. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, we get Vanessa. a new character, a brand new character. And I will yeah. point out this is something, well, big because I mentioned One Tree Hill earlier, had not realised Jessica Queller was an executive producer on um, on One Tree Hill for a number of years. Uh, so there is that connection here. I had thought it had gone the other way around, that the people who were writing Gossip Girl then go over to a different show, and it seems to be the other way around, that they cut their teeth on one show and moved to Gossip Girl later on. Because that's growth, Jeremy. That's growth. You start with something and then you learn and you get better and then you create something even more beautiful. At the risk of alienating a lot of people in the uh, television and film industry, I feel that writer is stepped down from producer. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I like that there's a new character. I felt that the other ones were getting a little bit stale. We still knew who they all were. Uh, this also, like we saw last episode where Nate and Chuck were just not in it at all, um, there's more drama that they can go, hey, we're just going to deal with these two characters and that'll be a little thing. Uh, more more characters equals more drama. And that's usually the the rule. I think there is a, um, I was listening to some a writer on from Neighbours years and years ago on an interview and they were saying that a really good way to create drama is have two people who know something and they're trying to keep it from a third character you could have that third character find out and have the the drama implode or you can have a fourth character find out and now you have four elements that all know this or who are involved in the story 
and more characters yeah. means more drama. Yeah. So, and that's why um, why adventuring parties are usually in the about four people. Five is a sweet spot. Is my personal both as a player and a DM. Five is my sweet spot. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. So let us get, get in. Yeah. Anyway. Oh yeah, sorry. Get... Is this about we're meant to talk about this episode? Gotcha. I like this episode. We should talk more about this episode. I think we, I mean, we touched on the masquerade thing, which is really cool. Yes. That's a really excellent yeah. thing. A lot of it is just kind of the build up to the masquerade. It's like the first half is getting to the ball and then the rest of it's mm. at the ball. It's again, setting mm. the, like we talked, I talked about a couple of episodes ago. It's the set piece of the episode where everything I'll give you a point builds. for that for a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. The callback to, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it starts off with Jenny picking up Blair's dresses from, from um, a shop. Uh, it seems like she's just being running errands at the moment. Yes. Uh, and she's a little bit distraught because she's not, probably not going to get to go to the ball. Uh, well, she doesn't know if she's going to get to go to the ball. And the shopkeeper is like, here, take, look, take this bracelet. It's really pretty. You can wear it to the ball. You can not. Either way, these girls are like my best customers. Just by wearing this bracelet, you're advertising me. Which yeah. is um, um, cool. Let's just point out as well, this is like a vintage diamond, probably, I'm assuming, designer bracelet. So, like, we're talking that Jenny, like, 16-year-old Jenny from poor, sorry, <clears throat> let me add another adjective, poor Brooklyn 16-year-old Jenny, or like, you, 15-year-old Jenny. Do you now see why I call her Raggedy McGurchin Waffles? <laughs> it sums her up so well. Sure. Sure. I just don't think I can bring myself to utter that phrase out of my own mouth. Um, but like, that's going to be a, that's a honking, you know, that's the equivalent of having like a super expensive magical item on you in D&D when you are like level one and having like a, I don't know, what's a really expensive. A vorpal item. sword. Great. Having a vorpal sword to like a level one person. That's just, and they're just carrying it around outside of a bag of holding. Yeah. And the shopkeeper's like... been like, just return it tomorrow. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. It's it's more important that everybody else knows I have a Vorpal Sword and they can come and buy yeah. it because they're just going to see you, some nobody, carrying it around. It's like, yeah. that's um that's how yeah. commerce works. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So that's, 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 that's kind of the... Yeah. Not Look, a flaw this, of the show, just an observation. I don't think it's a flaw of the show at all. I think that this is a very... It's set up perfectly because there is a reason why she's getting the bracelet and that's going to pay off later. And they're mm. setting it up nicely. It's like... This seems like a good reason why this guy would be giving it to her. Uh, so it's hmm. not just, oh, and there's this as well, which are, like the hydrangeans, hydrangeas in a previous episode, which were just kind of there yeah. to prove that Jenny was paying attention and trying to copy Blair. This actually has a payoff. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Jenny's picked up the dresses. Then Blair and Serena are talking in bed post-coitus. Um, <laughs> that may just be my fanon of what mm -hmm. uh, has been going on in there. Mm -hmm. Serena's most definitely in like silk lingerie or like they uh, both are. Yeah, they both are. So clearly, they've slept in the bed at least. I mean, I don't this is think how I wander room. my house. Like, and whenever I'm sleeping at a friend's house, I definitely always crack out the silk, you know, negligee. Yeah, it's just polite. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and they're talking the about. They're talking about their or Blair's plan for the ball. I'm assuming that Blair is actually hosting this ball. She seems to be the the host of most of the parties and events that occur. And because she has a, a plan for for Nate, um, basically there's going to mm -hmm. be a scavenger hunt and giving him little clues to find her because her disguise will be so good that Nate will not not be able to spot her in this. Yeah. 
this ball. I can't remember whether this is like a ball that happens every year or whether Blair's yes. just like, okay, cool. No, because it's mentioned later on that like, oh, freshmen don't get to come. It, it comes later. Like it's a, right. it's a distinct, you know, you know, passage, rite of passage ball. But sure. like, but but Nate gets Nate gets more than just Blair at the end of the night. Well, he does get. Well, that's the plan. He gets more than Blair. He gets Blair, like in a sexual sense. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Lo- I love Lady Meester's eyebrow waggle when when Serena doesn't understand. She's like, "Wait, what else would he get?" And she's like, just waggles her eyebrows like yeah. Big from Sex in the City, and it's just yeah. like this this great little moment of, "Oh my God, she is a teen girl who's like, hee, I'm going to get fucked." Um, yeah. <laughs> it's cute. It's really cute. It is. Uh, and again, speaking of romance from like Leo, last episode we were talking about cute dates. How cute hmm. is that? The, the so Blair cute. Serena thing? No, god damn it, no. The like the like masquerade, like, you know, first time masquerade scavenger oh, yeah. hunt romance, feathers, you know, yeah. palaba. Yeah, I think Blair's done a Blair wants her first time to be special. She's talking about it in this scene that she with everything that's gone on with her and Nate, um, like all the drama already and the thing with Serena, she wants this to mean something. Again, she wants mm. a clean delay, a fresh start she says in this episode, yeah. in this scene. And yeah. yeah, this is a really cool one. This is like, there's intrigue and there's anticipation and there's mystery and the, yeah, it's well yeah. done. Well done, Blair. Uh, good plan. Yeah. Uh, her yeah. part of the plan is also that Serena will be the one that brings um, brings Nate to her at the end, which feels a little like it could backfire. Um, it feels like it's the final test. Yeah, it does feel very much like a test that Blair's putting them on. Uh, Serena mm. is certainly like, this is super awkward. I'm not sure I want to do this. Uh, but yeah. Blair talks her into it. And also is like, hey, what if um, what if Dan comes along? That, that'll make it fine if Dan's there as well, because then you'll have a date and I'll have my, my bow. Uh, so mm-hmm. talks, well, this is where we get like that intercut that they like to do in the, in the cold open, where it's... Yeah. Um, it jumps between Blair and Serena or Serena talking about her relationship with Dan and then cuts to Dan and Rufus talking about Dan's relationship with Serena. And it's nice because yeah. both Serena and Dan are very aware that Dan would not want to go to this ball ever, <laughs> ever. Yeah. Yeah. This is not lonely by lonely boys, favorite territory. That's for sure. Favorite terrain. No. no. Uh, <laughs> and he's saying things like, you know, well, we've only had two dates. So why we wouldn't do this. Um, as Jenny heads off to to drop off the the dresses to Blair, um, yeah. and then then Dan gets a call, and we've already seen mm. Serena like picking up the phone, but it's not Serena on the other end. It's Dan not. is called called by someone called Vanessa, uh, who's asking about a like it. There's this change, a change in in mood from Rufus and Dan when he reveals mm. it's Vanessa, uh, and she's like, "Hey, I left my book at yours like a year ago." Uh, can you go mm. check? And he goes into his room and checks. And she's like, oh, maybe it's by the window. And she's sitting there by the window. Oh and my God. And she has broken and entered into, again, every time we get a pant shot of Dan's apartment, we yeah. get this feeling. It's always like he's the loft, right? Because it's called the loft. So the I'm loft. assuming it's the top. So yeah. this girl has yeah. climbed somehow multiple stories of a building to get into Dan's has she has she done it parkour or assassin's creed style like scaling up the building or has she just found a fire escape and climbed up there 
look, it's, I'm pretty sure you actually see a part of a fire escape out the back if my memory serves me. So it's probably that, but it's still like commitment in both like a flattering way. Like, you know, if there was someone I really liked that went to that much trouble to see me, it's like, that's cute. But also for someone I'm, I'm not super keen on seeing that much, it's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he also shouldn't so, leave his, his window open if um, people can just clamber up your fire escape. Yeah. Well, he's so poor though. He had, they have nothing for them to steal. So <laughs> they don't they have air conditioning. No so security needs, risk. That's true. That's true. They live in Brooklyn. There's definitely no crime in Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. not even, a, there's not a TV show called Brooklyn Nine-Nine that's just about the crimes of Brooklyn. <laughs> However, I that's the crossover okay. I want. I feel this is probably where the book, the show, starts to significantly differ from the books, uh, because in the mm-hmm. books, Vanessa does not look like that. Uh, is it no. Jessica Zor? I can't, I can't pronounce the uh, the actress. Oh, the name. author. No, no. Of, oh, the actress. Uh, the actor of actor of uh, oh. Vanessa. Either way, uh, yeah. In the books, uh, Vanessa is tall, bald, and goth. Um, Vanessa not, Abrams. Yeah. Uh, and she and she and Dan call each other by their surnames, which means which shows mm. that they're friends. That's the thing that friends yeah. do. Um, and cool. Yeah, but he's he's glad to see her, uh, sort of. Uh, yeah. She's she's moving back to the city to study. She's decided to live with her sister, who I'm sure we will definitely yeah. never meet. <laughs> Ooh, I. I don't actually, I can't even, yeah, I don't know. I can't actually remember. I was going to say, so when Vanessa says she's moved back, right, she mentions that she's, I'm pretty sure it's at the start, Dan mentioned something about Woodbury. Like, yeah, that sounds right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, are you, have you heard of Woodbury before? Is Woodbury a real town or is it not made up? Yes. Okay. No. Tell me more about so Woodbury. So I've, I've been to Woodbury. Woodbury oh, Commons wonderful. is like this big, massive outlet store. But get this, it's like an hour out of New York. So Vanessa, when she says she moved away, it'd be the equivalent of like someone moving like, you know, from Melbourne to Geelong. I mean, that's an entirely different city, but I know I see what you're saying. It's not far. Well, okay. No, Here she is didn't a, move to LA is what I'm saying. She didn't go to Poughkeepsie. It's like, it's, it's not, <laughs> not like it's super far away. I mean, maybe no. she did. I don't sure how, how far Poughkeepsie is. I feel that Hudson is actually further than Poughkeepsie. So um, it's possible... It's possible that um, Dan's mother lives even further away than than Vanessa did. We I, should make a map. We should. Uh, I think there's some already. I believe there's a number of maps of New York City. <laughs> That's fair. I'll take it. That's on me. Uh, that one's on me. <laughs> we could. We could actually. I mean, the palace is actually on the the Palace Hotel that I believe you yes. call it's actually the Empire Hotel where um, yes. where Chuck and Serena live is actually on yes. the Upper West Side. It's on the other yes. side of the park from from where everybody yes. else. So that is just clearly wrong that they're not living on the yes. Upper East Side. Uh, no. So Danny says to go even further out of his way. Anyway, I think we said this in a previous episode. Have I, have I, have I dropped my humble brag that I've stayed there yet? If I not, don't think you have. Brag, I have stayed in that hotel. Oh, wonderful. Based off, booked purely based off the, the fact that I thought there might be Chuck Bass paraphernalia. There wasn't. No, they do not yeah. care about Gossip Girl at the Empire Hotel. Apparently not. No, anyway, they got, they got a lot of money it. just for the establishing shots and then they just stopped caring. There's no mm. plaque outside, used in Gossip Girl. It's like, yeah, they've been used <laughs> in a lot of things since then. Yeah. Anyway, so Vanessa's living in the city now. 
Yes. Uh, and I do love that when Dan gets a call from Serena, this time he actually does get a call from Serena, Vanessa's like, oh, do I smell waffles? And heads out in the kitchen because of course, Rufus is cooking. It's the morning. Yeah. Rufus have, is cooking Have we waffles. worked out the metaphor that the waffle is to Rufus? I feel is, no, it, but this probably is the time. It's a stage, right? Like I like the waffles are somewhat somewhat inconsequential to this scene. I feel that we need to delve into it when it's like they're actually all sitting down to breakfast for waffles because I feel that's important. Well, actually, no. Here is a good point because okay. later on Vanessa comes back into the room as Dan's talking to Serena, mm. and she mentions that the waffles are cold. If she can smell the waffles, then he's already been cooking them, and they. Well, I thought they were just serving them, but apparently the waffles have already had time to go cold. So what does that mean? Where is where is the waffle? Maybe it's a metaphor for the for the like what whatever this was between Dan and Vanessa that we don't know yet, but it's clearly a thing because of the way they're acting has gone cold like a waffle. Oh, I totally I totally believe that. That's a great reading of it. That's perfect. Thanks. Thank yeah. you. Um, fun fact, uh, in case anyone was wondering, Hudson is indeed much further away than Woodbury is. It's like two hours away. Okay, and where does it in relation to Poughkeepsie? Poughkeepsie was like an hour and a half. So it goes like Hudson, Poughkeepsie, Woodbury. Right. Except Woodbury is the other direction. <gasps> I didn't know Scranton was that close. Yeah, Scranton's really close. It's not huh. actually that difficult to get to New York from most places. This is what I was actually going to say when we talk about this. For some reason, despite the fact that the US is massive, it's like it's nearly as big as Australia, that yeah. people don't travel that far. And it's like, oh, I've got to walk like 20 minutes. Fuck that. I'll catch a taxi. Anyway, yeah. look, uh, there's there's a whole, like the fact that, well, if we got into Gilmore Girls at some point, there would be this whole thing about how far Stars Hollow is from, from what's the place called? Stanford. Uh, anyway, and Yale and a whole bunch of other places. So that is for the future Gilmore Girls podcast, <laughs> which could still happen. Back to Serena <laughs> and Dan. As yes. Serena does, uh, is about to ask him, uh, hey, do you want to go to this ball? Uh, mm. And then Vanessa comes in and mentions the waffles, as I already said. And Serena's like, hey, who's that? And Dan's like, oh, it's just Jenny. It's just my sister. Uh, which he's proven to be lying because Jenny walks Who into walks Blair's. In? Oh. And I don't know, yeah. that's my lie detector it's noise. Sure, sure. Well, um, we'll put an ad. Sure. I have a problem with this. Okay. We literally just saw Jenny leave the loft. Mm. Mm-hmm. Somehow in the mm. five minutes it's taken. Like, mm. we, we saw her leave the loft. And then mm-hmm. Dan goes into his bedroom because he gets the call immediately. And mm-hmm. Vanessa's there and they talk. Mm-hmm. And then she leaves and then Serena calls. Mm-hmm. Somehow in mm-hmm. that time, she has managed to get from Brooklyn to the Upper mm-hmm. East Side mm-hmm. and get up into Blair's Blair's mm-hmm. penthouse. I, What magical teleportation device does Jenny Humphreys have that allows her to move that quickly? Well, it could be that. Or she probably just went up to the roof of the loft, got just Blair's <laughs> private helicopter... Got that on top of, because Blair lives in a penthouse. Yeah. Top of Blair's penthouse, down, you know, the elevator of, you know, Joy. And then. I, you know. Don't see any problem. I. Completely plausible. That would cut down on time. I still feel it would take like half an hour. I mean, how often do you ride a helicopter? 
not that often. I don't think the trip itself. I feel that, you know, little checks and things and making sure she's strapped in, like, it adds up. Mm. I feel that a trip mm. just across the river takes takes a little bit mm -hmm. longer. And then she'd have to come down and, you know, have to turn the blades off and, you know, time to get out. So I feel that the time that we see is not long enough for her to get over, even in the magical helicopter that Blair most definitely has on her roof. I'll give you that point. Okay. Jeremy gets one point. Yes! I'm building up the points so quickly. So, um, because Dan very obviously lied to Serena, she doesn't even mention the ball. She's just like, no, never mind, nothing, nothing hangs up and turns to Blair and is like, cool, I need a date because I'm going to the ball. And uh, then we get a great scene uh, of Nate. Nate yes. is, well, actually, this isn't the best scene. Nate uh, is watching his parents get ready for a party at Eleanor's. Uh, and his mm -hmm. dad's freaking out about starch and his, his shirt because that's yeah. the most important thing to worry about. And we get to meet his mother. I can't remember her name mm -hmm. at the moment. Let's call her Nate's mother. Yeah, blonde, blonde woman, another, like third blonde woman, blonde yeah. woman number four. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, anyway, there's a whole thing about how Nate's dad is trying to get Eleanor to take a company public and be the, the representative. I don't understand finance. There's a, there's a reason why I, <laughs> there's a reason why I work in publishing because I do not understand finance. Would it be because, so, because Eleanor's company is now going into Bendel's, so now she's able to have enough, like, you know, um, I don't know what the word is. I was going to say stocks, but it's not stocks. She has enough collateral or enough, like, thing to go into. But I don't I don't think that feels legit, but I'm thinking it's something to do with the Bendel stuff. Anyway, I don't either. Actually, you know what? Sure. Scrap that. Delete all of that because I also don't know. I think I just made all that up. I had a fever dream. So the, the important thing is that it's a, it's a big deal. It's a big deal that yes. he needs the account. And he's very deal. stressed about it. And when mm -hmm. Nate's like, hey, maybe I can help, everyone's like, no, no, this is grown-up stuff. Don't worry about this. Uh, as we get to see more, more of Nate worried about about his family life um mm. and he he responds passively as nate tends to do uh so dan and vanessa now having nothing to do that evening uh just kind of walking down the street and vanessa's loving how much new york is amazing mm -hmm. uh, also complaining about how woodbury only has one film and how it was just yeah. a pacifier for, for i think yeah. like six weeks or something uh, and yeah. the great the great line of who knew and they said vin diesel couldn't do comedy it's like vin diesel when vin diesel was a punchline can can yes. we can we when vin diesel who gloated bragged about playing D, D on set for a number of his early films bringing it back to the actual reason for the podcast by the way yes. with this with his vin Good diesel segue. yeah with the vin diesel reference when the pacifier was his branching out from dumb action movies so this is okay, I have to I'm I, so I know the I was very prepared today. Yeah, great. Amazing. The Pacifier was a two thousand and six film where Vin Diesel played a I believe he was a Marine. Either way, he was put in charge of a group uh, a fam basically he was sent to rescue um rescue a scientist. Uh, if I remember correctly, played by Tate Donovan, an amazing actor who was also in the OC. You might have heard of it, it's a great show. Anyway, the scientist dies. Scientist dies, so Vin Diesel's character is put in charge of protecting the family until they can um, figure out, you know, what the passcode is or something to to break into the vault. Mm. There's a whole thing. Basically, he becomes a nanny for this this family of children and learns through, you know, the joy of children that um, kids are actually a good thing. It's it's a kindergarten cop for the new era. Oh, cute. Yeah. It's and who's Vin Diesel? 
Not Jake's. <laughs> Jake's. <laughs> he was on Celeb- I think I know who he is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's not often you get me, but that was a good one. So with that uh, 2000 nostalgia aside, um, something is clearly bothering Dan. He's he's unable to pick a movie. Uh, and we get Vanessa sense a little what's going on. She's like, hey, maybe you've got like a, a thing to go do tonight. And Dan's like, yeah, I've got the limo waiting, waiting back at the, the loft. Uh, and she makes fun of his his little brush with the Upper East Side. Oh, well, I think, his yeah, actually, connection with to, the Upper East Side. Yeah, yeah, because we need to address this, that Vanessa mm. is definitely not Upper East Side. Vanessa is wearing like a cropped hoodie jacket. She's wearing some cool jeans. She's wearing some boots. Yeah. Um, I feel that yeah. if the Humphreys are poor, then, like, Vanessa is destitute. She's like Oliver Twist. Yeah, yeah. Living on gruel. Not Oliver Trask. From um, from X Men, uh, <laughs> no, it is yeah a very clear element that or very clear to us now that um, whereas Dan makes snarky comments about about the Upper East Siders and the wealthy, Vanessa has like this. She makes the same sort of snarky comments, but there's a little bit more bite to them. There's a little bit of fire and yeah. hatred behind it more so than Dan. Yes. Dan's just like this is people I have to deal with. Whereas Vanessa's like these people can go. F- fucking die, eat the rich kind of attitude. Yeah. But this is because Dan, for all the ways he hates on them, deep down, Dan wants to be one. Yes. That's yeah. why. Because it, Dan because, wants to be Upper East Side. Because he kind of is. I mean, he lives in Brooklyn. It's not, it's not a thing. But we do get a little um, of other stuff as well because they're like, well, if it's not the, if it's not the, um, if it's not the class warfare thing, maybe it's something else. And Dan's, or Vanessa's like, maybe it's the thing that that you said last time we saw each other. And he's like, no, 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 you told me to take that back. So I did. I definitely redacted all of that. Uh, but they don't really say what It's what very much said. the nanny, you know, he's, well, well, we can read between the lines. What's the nanny? The the, the TV show, The Nanny. See, I can oh, do it too. You know The Nanny. <laughs> I can you do it too. It's nanny. fun. Everyone um, in Australia knows the nanny. Like yeah, like you had the "I love you" and then took it back. Oh, I can't believe you. But took I think it back. in this instance, I know, right? But um, in this instance, you get the feeling that Dan poured his heart and soul out, and then because Vanessa was moving so far away to fucking Woodbury, yeah, uh, she just couldn't possibly have a long distance relationship that was an hour. I mean, it's basically Kansas. You know, if I had ever set up any of my relationships to be outside of an hour, I would have. I would be still. I would be single forever. <laughs> this is what it's like living in Australia. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, if you're from overseas, tell us. Tell us how, how that is wrong. But honestly, like, I'm trying to think. My first boyfriend. Well, again, I use that term extremely. The first person I dated, I think I travelled like 90 minutes to get to their place. Wow. And three buses. Yeah. See the first, and they were rubbish. The first two people I dated were technically about a fifteen-minute drive across a, a down the freeway, essentially. Uh, oh, okay. And at the time, that felt really far <laughs> because I was I was fifteen, maybe sixteen, and it's like I couldn't drive yet. I have no way of getting over oh, there. It may as well be like an hour oh, away. Cute. It might as well be. So you had to be dropped off. 
Yeah. It's a little date. Oh, that's a part of my youth I, I never had, but that's okay. You missed that's out so on lovely. nothing. You missed out on nothing. It's really hard to, you know what? We've already, yeah, we're not going to go into my dating like, team. By the way, anymore. no, I, was saying, I feel like we need to have a spin-off podcast where it's just like a dating advice from people who should not be giving dating advice. Oh, there's already enough of those. <laughs> and we'll do D&D and dating advice. D&D and dating advice. All right, yeah, listeners, uh, write in and let us know if you want to have D&D dating advice because I think this yeah. is a good idea. You could have, you could talk about, hey, when is it not appropriate to hit on someone at the table? Always. Never hit on someone at the table. <laughs> but also ways of actually having romance and storylines like that in your game without it becoming awkward. Um, oh, so, I want yeah, to more just literally shoot me your first date ideas and I'll tell you whether it's good or not. That's, that was more what I was thinking. But sure, that sounds nice too. We can, we can do both. I mean, there's no okay. reason why we can't do both of those. Uh, so here is the scene I was talking about earlier. With, okay. Oh, sorry. Um, that's right. We're doing a thing about Gossip Girl. We're, do, we're doing a thing about Gossip Girl. You asked me to do this thing about Gossip Girl. If Got I, it. Yeah. Uh, we get my favorite version of Nate, which is uh, Investigator Nate, or as I call him, mm-hmm. Investor Nate. Mm-hmm. And Basically. Hot Chuck Bass. Who? Uh, hot I don't, Chuck Bass. I don't know. I don't think this is the Hot Chuck is in the episode. Oh, no. True, true. But as this, anyway, yeah. Uh, Because Nate is investigating. He feels that something's up Mm -hmm. with his parents. And um, we get reminders that, you know, there was that money that disappeared from his trust fund. But he had, Chuck, thankfully, exposits that, no, no, the money came back. Remember, your dad said. And it it did apparently come back a couple of days later. But Nate's suspicious. Nate is super Mm -hmm. sus. I like this plot line of characters having to investigate their own parents or people that they care about. Mm. Uh, because you wonder how far they're going to take it. Like, are they going to be like, no, no, I trust this person. I'm not going to go into the secret room that I know they have. Or am I just going to go in and look around and go, well, this is the only secret room. I'm not going to delve any deeper because anything important they either tell me or keep here and not wonder if there's more to it. And it's fun to make connections like that a villain for a player. Uh, so for a, yeah. for a game master to do that, it's really fun because they've automatically got that connection, that drama. But it's also fun to have the suspicion more. No, it's mm. it's it's more fun to me to have the suspicion because mm. you have that that just that little bit of doubt of am I doing the right thing? Am I wasting my time with this? And if you're making your players feel like they're wasting their time in adventures, yep, you're definitely doing the right job as a game master. <laughs> <laughs> that take that, take my advice happen- with a with a pinch of salt. Yeah. No, but didn't this happen in CR? Wasn't this with um spoilers for campaign 2 CR? Um didn't this happen That's... between Bo and her family? Oh yeah, I th- I'm pretty I... sure there was like a there was like a storyline of that that she had to cuz cuz she was an inquisitor. Yeah, she had to investigate her family. There was something yeah. about like yeah, her dad cuz her dad some dodge Oh, there's oh. a lot of dodgy things her father did. Yeah. But yeah, I I think it's a really cool plot idea. Uh, for people to yeah, do, for sure. uh, particularly when it's it's a fun role playing, and investigations are always just fun, uh, especially yeah. when you re- roll really high on your investigation check, like Nate does, and discovers a bag of cocaine. Thanks. <gasps> uh, <laughs> which Dance. Chuck's just like, oh my god, I thought you just did pot. I uh, I thought you were just a stoner. You go, you're going on to blow. Well done, Nate. It's like, <laughs> not, the, not the point, Chuck. And I love that Nate's yeah. got to be like, it's not mine. And it's like, oh, no. Oh, no. His dad has drugs. How? 
This is this is such bad news. As if, by the way, as if Eleanor doesn't have bulk stuff in her house. Oh, as Eleanor if. Waldorf has kilos of coke. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Most definitely. Why do you think she's always going yeah. off to Paris? It's not Paris. She's heading <laughs> off into like whole range of other other countries and just like picking up anyway so um blair is looking for a date for serena uh mm-hmm. as she's ordering the psychics one of which i believe is called katie i have learned a name mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah. good well yeah. it's on you uh, that's been, half point i think it, it's written down later on so that's why I, I know and blair's basically just telling her psychics katie and the other one hey serena needs a date Dan's being a tool or something. I don't really care because Blair doesn't care about what Dan does. Uh, but either way, yeah. she needs a date. And then she sees Eleanor. <laughs> Here is more proof of my my theory about Eleanor that, yeah. <laughs> that Blair sees her decorating for this party that she's going to have uh, and she's holding a, a hookah, uh, mm. like for, for Shishin. Hookah. Th- hookah. <laughs> <laughs> and Blair has his great In Australia, that could be just... I'm just putting that for context, because in Australia, yeah. that might that might you know, translate to something else. I, I just love Blair's line of, is it a bong, mother? <laughs> is it a bong, mother? <laughs> Actually, you know what? This, no more you said, there is a lot of witty one-liners in this in this episode it's like that. Good, there is a lot a of bangers. It's a good episode. It's mm. great. Uh, and, yeah, basically, it's just um, the, the standard Waldorf cultural appropriation party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. El- yeah. Eleanor's having a um a Moroccan themed party, so we see later yes. on she's got a belly dancer and she's got this hookah just for for um atmosphere, I As guess. You do. Yeah. yeah. But uh Nate tries calling Blair as well, um guessing to tell her, Hey, I found some coke. Uh, mm. I'm not sure what to do with this. You snort it, Nate. It's it's on all the movies. You know what to do with it. Oh, is that uh, you just from the movies? <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. And <laughs> the I can't quite remember what Blair's voicemail is, but it's pretty amazing. Oh yeah, it's like I'm getting ready for the ball, and you know, you I, I might see you tonight, but you won't recognize me. Bye. That's right. It's the, like specific. Like she's taken the time out of her day to record a voicemail specifically for that day. Yeah, specifically for Nate too. But that's of the era. This is why this is such a beautiful timepiece because I remember recording my personal voicemails and then like having a tape deck of something I'd recorded off the radio to play music on my voicemail oh, when wow. I like had one of my first phones. No, oh, you didn't and, do and that. the classic, um, hey, how you doing? Sorry, you can't get through. Leave your name and your number and I'll get back to you. Which I've never an, heard that before in my life. But That I, may I'm be a little bit earlier. It. That may have been the 90s. And nothing actually, look. Blair's Blair's voicemail is pretty good. It is not on par with uh, Logan Eccles' voicemails from from the classic series Veronica Mars, where he has Eleanor Roosevelt quotes. He has um, just some wonderful comments that he apparently changes every single day. That the Jeez. yeah. So yes, look up uh, Logan Eccles' voicemail if you you really want to have some some great uh, times. Nate isn't interested in leaving a voicemail, though. He is trying to... He's got a problem. He's he's going through some stuff right now, and he wants to talk to yeah. his girlfriend and ask for help. And, you know, good on you, Nate, for reaching out, because Chuck's fucking useless. And... <laughs> well, in this instance, he is. That's because Chuck doesn't see this as a problem yet. 
No, and it isn't, honestly. And, I mean, I guess the money thing coupled with finding coke around the house isn't great. So we go over to Blair, uh, who has, I guess, ignored the call. Uh, Jenny has has done all of her tasks, uh, and Blair notices the bracelet that she's got. Uh, so that's a nice little callback mm. to three ep- minutes ago in the in the episode. <laughs> no, no, we're a good ten minutes in. We're doing okay. Oh, that's fine. We're doing great. We're doing great. We're doing time. okay this this week. Jenny is not going to the ball. Uh, sad, mm. sad Raggedy McCurchin waffles. Uh, she does. She, you shall not go to the ball, Cinderella, because we're very clear that that um, Jenny is Cinderella in this scenario. And from well, everyone's kind of still in the preparation stages. Lily is getting ready to go to Eleanor's party as well, uh, yes. and talking with Serena at the same time. Serena just kind of is like, "Yeah, I'm not taking Dan. I might take someone else." You know. Just keep it breezy. And Lily, Lily, Meek has, has words. Yeah, because then Lily's like, oh, um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm kind of, what she said, like, I'm okay with that though, because at your age, quote, you should be playing the field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lily! No! No, I, Lily. No. Love, Do not I tell your daughter the, that. I love this line from Lily. It says everything about her. That we know that she has had multiple marriages already. We know that mm. she is currently divorced and dating Bart Bass. Um, mm. We know that she's had like the whole thing with Rufus when she was much younger. And she is saying, look, don't settle for the first thing that comes along. We know that she's kind of a gold digger. So yeah. this this one line, I mean, what she's doing it before is because she doesn't like Dan and Serena together for whatever reason, probably because of her history with Rufus. But yeah. it is a little bit like, yeah, gold digger parent gives you this advice. Yeah. And yeah, that's a really great way of saying everything about Lily that we need to know from one line. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. 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 I don't I don't like Lily in this scene, but that's okay. That's fair. I don't think you're meant to like Lily. She's trying to keep Lonely yeah. Boy in Although I do like her heart. line about the goat. Oh no, Serena asks her about the goats. That's great. Because she's got this like beautiful, like black, very Camilla-esque like caftan that she's pulled out. And uh, Serena makes a nice little quip about it. it she'll need to wear the goat to go with it. And I think she actually makes a quip at the end that she's going to go find a goat so it'll match. Yes. Amazing. Uh, so Lily doesn't have a date for, for Eleanor's thing, which is probably why she needs the goat. Uh, to tell the truth. <sighs> But as she leaves to go and find said goat, uh, Serena's getting these messages on her MySpace, probably. It's not clear what social media service she's using. But it looks like MSN Messenger or something d- of that, or AOL. What was the AOL one? Um, uh, AIM. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, not Good ICQ. Uh, it was, it no. looks like it's a higher quality version than ICQ. Yeah. For any of our younger friends listening, MSN Messenger was an app we used to it wasn't even an app it was no, it wasn't uh, it was a program it was a yeah it was a program that we had on our devices uh on our on our computers at that point it wasn't even on our phones that's right uh, to communicate with one another and if you were really clever you would put some kind of like li- song lyric that gave an illusion of your mood without saying what it was. And especially if you had a crush at the time, you might like direct it at them by putting their initials amongst 72 different asterisks that you'd copy and paste it off 
And uh, Ace, uh, well, what's it called? ASCII roses as well. The ASCII rose. Where you, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah was also some... beautiful. That art form has died out. Yeah, because emojis. Yeah. It's um... so sad that that's died out. I should, we should, you know, we should set that back up. We should get that happening again. Sure, I'll get an ISC and get people uh, get working on it. Uh, and surprisingly, um, this was how people used to send dick pics. They just do a little, <laughs> a little eight on an equal <laughs> sign and then a D. <laughs> so yeah. Serena doesn't get this sort of dick pic from from the, whoever's messaging her. It's uh, Rich Boy Four or Rich Boy the Fourth. That's his screen name. I think his name's like Edward Hunter the Fourth or something. When yes. she actually adds it. Now, question. Again, I know we might be getting off the rails. Is it Paul Rudd? I don't think it's Paul Rudd. I the picture might Paul be Paul Rudd, but I don't think they actually got Paul Rudd for this. I mean, Paul Rudd could have played a 17-year-old at this point. He still could. Uh, Paul Rudd has yeah. not aged since he was in Clueless, which was, what, 12 years before um, before Gossip Girl? You're checking now, aren't you? It's going to take no, you a I'm while not. to find. No, it's fine. It's not. I don't think it is. Anyway, I wasn't. Continue. We don't really see him that much anyway, which is fair. Because, no. He's just uh, symmetrical and attractive and white. That's all you yeah. need to know. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And Rich, apparently, since he's got mm. his, his screen name is Rich Boy Fourth. Mm. Just, uh, yeah, yeah, just hang that out there. It's, it's, I guess this is why he's not sending a dick pic, because his only redeeming yeah. factor is his money. I, yeah, and he, he goes got, to Dalton. Sure. I don't know what Dalton is. We haven't learned that yet. We're going to assume it's a different school. Either way, he got his, his her contact details from Katie, someone. So I'm assuming this is how I figure out that Katie is probably one of the, the sidekicks that Blair has coming around most of the time. Good putting together clues. That's a good one. Yeah. Good, no right? D&D puzzles getting past you. That's right. That's right. Uh, it's usually riddles that I have problems with, uh, but puzzles. Oh, I love are, riddles. Puzzles are one that I never really had problems with, which is a is a problem when my character is meant to be stupid. Because if there's a puzzle or a code or something, I just jump on it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to figure this out because it's fun. And my character's like, I've got six intelligence. I guess I just have a flash of brilliance or just say something that helps someone else out. Because everyone else at the table's like, I don't want to do that. That's going to take me twenty minutes. I'm like, no, but it's anyway. That's me. Yeah. Uh, and here, I think we have one of the funnest scenes in the episode where Dan is trying to uh, call, who's he calling? He's calling um, Vanessa, I think. So either way. Uh, so yeah, he's on the phone with uh, Vanessa just kind of confirming about tonight. And yeah. <laughs> he go- hangs up and he goes over to his laptop, which is open to Gossip Girl. Uh, and it's got an article about how Serena is looking for a date, that she doesn't have a date for this ball. A and white knight, specifically. White, that's right. She needs a white knight. And, oh, my, okay, so Dan. Yes. Let's Dan break this looks, down because we know that Dan is Gossip Girl. Yeah. Wait, Dan is Gossip Girl? Let me tell you a bit about a guy called Dan Got a crush on Serena Vanderwood saying Still he'll spread rumors about it any way he can Oh, that's right, he's Gossip Girl well, 
Don't know if you heard, but Danny is poor. He hangs around the rich kids, sometimes sucks him in the jaw. But that ain't enough, so he calls one a whore. Oh, that's right, he's Gossip Girl. Dan is a nice guy, he wouldn't hurt a dove, but he gets real mean when push comes to shove. He's a borderline sociopath, but he does it for love. That's right, he's Gossip Girl. That's right, Dan, he's a Gossip Girl. Mm. He, we're breaking it down. He, he looks surprised to find this article. Yes. Did he Which have like a means... blackout when he wrote it and posted it? No. And when he got the information coming in on his burner phone and his burned Twitter accounts? Here's, here's my logic. And I think we've talked about this before. So apologies if I'm repeating myself. People send information in, but Dan is a very studious person. He has a science institute. So he can't always, so he's just got like something that pushes it straight onto the website. There's no like moderation. Okay. I would give you that if it was just like hot tip such and such spotted in this location. Yeah. This is an article. This uses the term yeah. white knight. This is very much a yeah. a piece written about Serena. Someone has gone to time to talk about this. Mm. So unless Blair has written it up previously and put out like a personal ad for for the Upper East Side to find her a date, Dan has received this, posted it, and then gone, you know what? Probably shouldn't let my girl, like, probably shouldn't have my girlfriend's friends pimping her out, and I should probably do something about that. Mm. And mm. he decides, you know what, it's probably not too late to organize a tux, which no. you couldn't have done that before, right? In the article, Dan, <laughs> like, yeah. you really do like leaving things to the last minute, don't you? This yeah. is this is peak. Oh my god, Dan is gossip girl moment. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is. A, it is a toughie, but I think I think it, it flows. Though, like you just said, that all makes sense. I'm I'm pushing it through my head. That sounds great. That seems like that makes sense. He's got it. He's taken some time to reflect. He's written the article, put in a nice witty pun, and then mm -hmm. gone. Come on, Humphreys, let's take some action. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I mean, all right, good on him for stepping up, but yeah, dude. <laughs> because at the same ever. at the same moment, Serena is asking uh, Rich Boy Four to. To the um to the ball, uh, with the yeah. the great okay. So we get a little snapshot of their previous conversation, which seems to be what are you up to? Not much. How you doing? Uh, that's from mm -hmm. Serena, which he mm -hmm. responds with, "What are you doing tonight?" And she's like, "Have you got a mask?" That's apparently all it takes to get a date with Serena Vanderwoodson. You just got to be like, "Sup." And again, have a very symmetrical, attractive face. Sure. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of people like that. I feel that Serena's got low yeah. standards uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, if that's all. Well, I know, you know what? He's also rich. She's yeah. done slumming it with Lonely Boy. She's going to she's yeah. gonna go with the rich boy. Yeah. Uh, and as she's getting ready, Nate shows up at the door. Uh, basically, he hasn't been able to get hold of Blair to talk about his his problem with his dad's coke, uh, and he needs to talk to someone. He doesn't have any other friends that can help because Chuck, as I said, is being useless. 
And there's a nice little touch here that Serena's like in her lingerie or undergarments or whatever she's wearing. I can't really remember. Beyond, mm. She's got a robe over on it and she closes the robe. She kind mm. of like, I need to be covered up around Nate, which is very different mm. from how she was when Dan was in the apartment when she was getting changed. Like just yeah. leave the door open when it's Dan. When it's Nate, yeah. it's like, I'm not comfortable like this with you because they've got a history and it's a whole thing. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I, I like that touch. It's a nice little um, character moment for them both. But he wants to talk yeah. about drugs. He doesn't care about mm. underwear. He wants to talk about drugs. And again, I love Serena's reasoning for why um, uh, Howard Archibald might have these drugs. Like, it might be left over from the 80s. Um, I'm sure, like, our parents do a whole bunch of weird stuff. It's like, it, not, it could just be he uses drugs. He is a cokehead. Yeah. He lives on the Upper yeah, East Side and he's finance. wealthy. Yeah, he's yeah. in finance. And he's in finance. Like, have, oh, Wolf of Wall Street would be way after this, right? Uh, the film was made way after this. I'm pretty certain it was yeah. about the same time. Like, 2005 was peak Wolf of Wall Street t- period. Oh, like the, the actual time. Yeah, perfect. There yeah. You go. It's like everyone on Wall Street was doing cocaine then. This is not a very special episode of Gossip Girl. This is like, this is regular day stuff. Yeah. For for yeah. Wall Street right now. Yeah, for sure. I, I just love how much Nate's freaking out of like, oh no, my dad has drugs. Because they seem so close before that with all of his pressure putting on, yeah, you know what? I don't think my dad's ever taken drugs. He doesn't seem like the type. Meanwhile, like you think back to scenes, you're like, that guy's been on drugs the whole time. Like, the <laughs> yeah. fact that, now you think about the fact that his shirt was too scratchy. Drugs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great. It's great. Oh, I can feel my skin on my body. <laughs> Not that I know anything about it. <laughs> I, just, I just need another hit. It'd be great. This is what this, I've this, read. This colour feels really starchy. Uh, so Vanessa shows up uh, arriving for the movies. She's super early. Uh, and she runs into Rufus, uh, who is not making food for once. He's getting into a nice suit, which um, Vanessa comments All on. All black, noticeably. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if that's a thing, but I like... I think he just looks good in yeah. it. I think he's going for the Johnny Cash, all black, I'm a musician feel. It's like he only oh, has Oh, nice, 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 nice. We, we know Rufus only has one suit. Oh, you reckon? I reckon he has I one. reckon... He has, he has a number of ties and he has a number of shirts, but he has one suit. Mm, I have a feeling, like his son, right, Dan... You know, acts like he doesn't like the Upper East Side, but actually nothing he wants more is to be accepted in that world. I think Rufus is the type of person who's not, quote unquote, he's not materialistic. He doesn't need anything, but he's got like a velvet smoking jacket. He's got like a vintage, you know, Dior suit. Not a lot of suits, but like, you know, he cares about his appearance, I guess. He might have a couple of suits. Like he does run the gallery, so obviously he's going to have to do events and things like that. Yeah. So he's probably got a couple of of. A couple of suits. He's got his traveler's clothes. He's got his fine clothes and he's got his common mm. clothes. And then he's got yeah. like a performing costume, which is just a T-shirt and jeans for when he's actually on stage. Yeah. And a choker that matches each of them. A leather, a leather I mean, bound choker. Not going to lie, kind of into it. And well, speaking of people who are into it, uh, I get, I got a vibe between Vanessa and Rufus here. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Like a, a, a naughty bad wrong vibe like do not act on this mm. but 
But yeah. there was a bit of an element when he's talking about that's why my wife left him and she's like, oh, yeah, that's tough and just does a little head tilt and is like yeah. standing a little bit too close to him. And the fact that she's very, like, the actor is very clearly not 17. It's like, well, yeah, true. you guys are like within true, like true, 15 true. years of each other. So I don't see it's being yeah. too wrong. And yeah, I, you know what? Give it a couple of years of show and a little bit down the line of her graduating college and being like, oh, I might just live with Rufus for a little while. I'd, I'd be into that show. So but I, also the fact I, that she's in the house. So Dan's not there. No, no, Dan's I off I don't think Jenny's suit. there at this stage. So nope. she's just wandered in hanging out with Dan's dad, who she hasn't seen for a year apart from the day before. Yeah. She must be very comfortable in that place. Yeah. And look, in Rufus' defense, he doesn't have the vibe going the other way. He's just regular mm-hmm. Rufus. Rufus has chemistry with everyone because he's Rufus. That's why he's got he's got charm. Well, he's a bard. He's a literal yeah. bard. Yeah, yeah, he just he is naturally connecting with people in different ways. Mm. He just has an easygoing manner about him. Uh, mm. But yeah, Vanessa's got a bit of just feels like she she's into he's he's hot dad for her. Mm. I'm pretty certain there's an article or something that said this will never happen. We will never go down that route just because it is wrong. And I'm like, yeah, cool, that's fine. The chemistry's there. Just, just not throwing it out there. <sighs> and they do talk, well, they talk about Dan for the most part and say, well, what he told her uh, before she left kind of came, re- revealed his his affections mm. for her um, right mm. before before she left and she's going to, to tell him something. My notes just say um, she's going to tell him that she missed the city and she missed Dan and she likes Dan and it's a thing. Yeah. She's going to admit her feelings. Like, great. Yeah. Cool. After she's been an hour away from the city for a year, really just like pining from that extensively long distance. Yeah. She's finally ready to put it on the line for Dan. And admit that she likes this bland white boy. Sure. Is Dan bland? I mean, we, 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 I feel not, like we give Nate, Nate for being bland. Dan's a little bland. It rhymes, so I, I, I'm, I'm going to allow it because I like the it, rhyme. If it rhymes, it must be true. Yeah. So Rufus heads out, leaving Vanessa just alone in the apartment. To be fair, yeah. she could just break in whenever she wants. She already did once today, so it's probably not a big deal if she's alone in the apartment. She'd just get in anyway. Because uh, uh, Rufus is off on a date. It's sort of, maybe. It's not clear. Yeah, uh, no. he doesn't. He doesn't seem clear about it either. He's like, and she's like, is it with a friend? No, not really. <laughs> yeah. There's I, some weird vibes. Yeah, yeah, there's some weird stuff going on with, with Rufus right now. And not just the um, Vanessa's crush on him. So Dan calls Vanessa, and he's got the he's walking down the street with his tuxedo, uh, which he's already rented. And mm-hmm. Vanessa is like, "Hey, I'm early," and he's like, "Oh, you're at my place. Uh, yeah, I have to cancel. I've got a history paper to write. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. I'm just going to lie to you too." As yeah, so as here's my he theme for this episode. The mm. theme for this episode: deception. Oh, see, my theme was Dan sucks, so um, I feel that yours is better. That's probably okay. a better theme to okay. to deal with. Why does Dan suck? Because he's li- He's there's no reason for him to lie to Serena in that first. Oh, that's true. That's thing. True. And now, I mean, I understand he's lying to Vanessa now to spare her feelings because he knows that she wouldn't like to be blown off for an Upper East Side party. 
mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of other reasons, but he is piling more lies on lies. Mm. And that is going to, it, it's bad karma. It is. Um, as, but I, let, to put it back into D&D terms, deception, great personality trait. <laughs> sure, sure. Dan just great, lives great on flaw, deception. maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think there is a flaw, which is just I lie for no good reason. Yeah, 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 that one. And yeah, I, I love that I, one. I have a character who does do that. Yeah. That occasionally we're just trying to get through like a gate and he's like, yeah, I'm the king. And they're like, Beautiful. it's an impossible role. No one is going to believe you're the king. But the point is everyone is now paying attention to him. And that's important to this character. So that's why yeah. he lies constantly. Uh, for everyone who's had to deal with him at a table, now you understand <laughs> why he's done that. Uh, so Dan blows off uh, Vanessa for their movie date tonight. And Jenny heads back to the, the loft. She is very distraught that she's not going to get to go to the ball and um, commiserate or consoled by by Vanessa because she seems to just be like a, a, a good friend to both of them uh, right now. Yeah. Yeah, Vanessa seems very close to the whole family, the yeah. whole Humphreys family. She's like a second sister to Dan. Uh, so we go, well, Rufus arrives at the Waldorf party mm-hmm. and he is there as a date to, to Lily or date for Lily. And Lily seems to be under the impression this is actually a favor that she's doing him, which again, very much tracks with how Lily sees the universe and that it's going to introduce him to all these elites and get the gallery going. Uh, Rufus is like, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, Definitely when he gets introduced to Eleanor, it's like most definitely not a date. This is not my date, Rufus Humphrey. Uh, This is just some, some man I found on the street and brought up to your party. (laughs) Eleanor seems to see through those lies. Eleanor seems pretty wise on that one. She just gives a kind of look yeah. like, sure, okay. Yeah. And um, when Bart is seen as well, Bart has a blonde 20-something on his arm yeah. and Lily is visibly upset mm-hmm. by it, which um, Rufus notices and Lily tries to com- uh, cover with... Oh, I just like her dress. <laughs> I just, I'm just staring at that woman because I like her dress. It's like, yeah, with piercing okay. eyes. Yeah, and when oh, I feel so sorry for Bart's date in this scene because he brings her over to meet Rufus and Lily, and Lily, like, she holds her hand out to shake Lily's, and Lily just fucking gives her the cold shoulder just like deliberately moves her hands up to her chest and like cuts her off and this poor woman is just left there with her hand sticking out in the middle of in the middle of this group and rufus you know has her back and shakes her hand but fucking hell lily that's that's some cold shit if you're trying to send a message well done well done that's exactly (laughs) the message you're sending lily doesn't have time for that yeah no she doesn't that's that's some bullshit for lily and when Bart and his date leave, uh, Rufus is like, oh, you're dating Bart. This makes so much sense now. This is completely explained why you asked me. You're trying to make him jealous by bringing back an old flame. Totally makes sense. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I love them when they're talking like this. They're fun. They have a good little chemistry. Like, there is something about the two of them. You can't deny the fact that, like, yeah. 
and it's it's that very you know not Romeo and Juliet maybe but like yeah the two worlds colliding. He was a Brooklyn art gallery. She was. <laughs> he was a Brooklyn art gallery. Well, like, she was. I mean, <laughs> he was a he building. Was a- <laughs> she was a socialite. <laughs> Their love was forbidden, (laughs) mainly because he was inanimate, (laughs) but that didn't stop her. In a world where that is not legal. I don't think it's ever legal. This is the world where it's not legal. I don't think there's anything wrong with you having a relationship with a building. That's true. That's true. Like, legally, from a legal point of view, I mean, I guess you technically can't marry it because it can't, you know, fill in paperwork, but... Yeah, and you can't own it. Anyway. um, Anyway, we're not going to go into that. How the hell do we... We're not going to get into... Uh, anyway, yeah, well, before I completely fucked up that sentence, anyway, they're from different worlds. They're they from are. different worlds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, this is what I'm saying That's about that, that the parent storylines are not as strong as the kids' storylines. When I was saying earlier that this is cute. I love it. I love their scenes yeah. together. There should be more of them. But this storyline, I'm bored by. I don't care that it's still the t- same teen drama bullshit that we're getting with Serena and Nate and Blair but these are adults and I kind of expect them to know better or at least have more messy drama. I want their drama to be Mm. just as messy, not this like little bitchy, I'm not going to shake your hand. I want her to be Mm. like slipping cyanide into her champagne or something. That's like the, that's the adult (laughs) drama I want. Is that the drama that fills your life? Yeah. You've just got people like poisoning people left, right and center. Yeah, I've got a taster on stand on on standby on all at all times, simply in case someone is trying to slip cyanide into my meal. Even the stuff that yeah. I make myself, I make sure that I haven't accidentally slipped cyanide into my own pasta. Into your own food. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm up to. I'm a crafty son of a bitch. I shouldn't say that. Yeah. I've, I apologize, Mum. You're not a, you're not a bitch. <laughs> Thanks for listening, by the way. If you nice. could leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, so Mum. nice. Hi, Jeremy's mum. <laughs> you did great. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so Jenny is explaining to Vanessa just why Blair is so horrible and why she doesn't get her to go to the ball. Like, all the yeah. stuff I had to do and now I don't even get to go. And, oh, it's it's tough being me. Obviously, no other freshmen, none of her actual friends are going to be at this ball because freshmen can't go. But Jenny, for mm. some reason, is like, yeah, but I'd get to go and I'd have a great time. Yeah. Uh, does, I mean, let's just double check this. Does Jenny have friends her own age? I don't think we so. we ain't seen them. We've only seen her in the choir. And yeah, I don't know if my experience from being in a high school choir is anything to mirror this, but um, generally, if you're in a choir, again, correct oh, yeah. me if I'm wrong. Although, actually, I take that back. So now I'm thinking about Glee and the Warblers, and they are immensely popular. So maybe, maybe the a cappella Fergie singing choir of um, it's not St Jude's. Yeah. Uh, no, oh St. no, uh, Constance. 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 The maybe the Fergie a cappella singing choir of Constance is like. All that in a bag of potato chips. And by that, you mean that's everything she got? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's actually true. And I don't think she even knows them or likes them very much. She is just capable of singing and it's going to look good on a on a college cr- transcript one day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with what we saw last episode with uh, Jenny's little dare stuff mm. and what we're going to see later in this episode. Jenny's kind of a bitch. Oh, she's just like young. 
Okay. She, she just wants so desperately. She's been like taken out of her Brooklyn little, uh, you know, ecosystem and shoved in this Upper East Side one. And she's just trying to float. You got two she, options. Jenny's got two options. Be a little bit of a bitch and like get on top of the food chain or live for the next five years at the bottom of the food chain. So she's essentially got the choice of becoming Blair, which is what she's trying yeah. to do. She's yeah. idolizing and uh, imitating yeah. her as much as possible or yep. be her brother who no one sees ever. Uh-uh. There's like her brother and then there's would be her because her brother, for all the fact that he thinks he's, he's dating Serena Vanderwoodson. Like, yeah, but until that point, he was a nobody. Like they had mm, yeah, had classes together and she had no idea. Chuck, it took two episodes of Chuck getting punched in the face by Dan before Chuck remembered his name. Yeah, fair. Fair, fair, fair. So That's fair. I'm still pretty certain that occasionally like Serena and Dan make out and she's like, Dan, isn't it? It's Dan, right? It's not David. I remember it's Humphrey, but I don't remember the first name. The first name keeps eluding <laughs> me. Fair. I've given you a point for that. Good. So uh, Vanessa, Vanessa's playing the role of fairy godmother and says, mm-hmm. uh, Jenny, Raggedy, you will go to the ball. Uh, basically overcomes all of Jenny's objections. Well done. It was yeah. like, hey, I know a guy in theatre. Uh, because of course, you, yeah. of course you do. You're an indie person uh, in Brooklyn. Yeah. You know everybody in theatre. You can easily get a dress on short notice. You can sneak in through a, ba- a rear entrance. It's so easy to get inside. And Jenny's final... Com- problem is but they'll recognize that it's me and they're all wearing masks as vanessa very handily points out you're not going to be recognized at a mask ball and speaking of masks we get into this wonderful montage of everyone getting ready Mm. uh totally into it yeah i can't remember the song that plays i'm sure it's good for 2007 i'm sure we can't afford the uh rights to it anyway so we can barely afford hosting (laughs) 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 we're not going to afford why do you think we do our own jingles (laughs) yeah no it's great this is this reminds me of like i think there's more episodes coming up where there's like formals and cotillions and you know all these things coming up but i love a good this is this is the things as an adult you don't get enough of like you know back in high school there's like dead ball Year 10 formal, year 12 formal. You don't get that as an adult as much. Not unless Maybe you a do wedding, it yourself. But even a wedding you don't. Or yeah. true, true. <gasps> Masquerade wedding. I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm, cool. I'm into it. I'm into it. Uh, and, I mean, the masks and so you don't know who great. you're marrying until after you've said I do, and then you find out you've got to see if you could guess it was the right person or not. Oh, my God. This would be better than Married at First Sight. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just thinking. It would be way better than Married at First Sight. You just tie it in with, like, in the stroke of midnight, everyone takes off their mask and you discover who you're marrying. Yeah. 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 Uh, any any network. Cool dating event. Yeah. Yeah. Speed like dating a... with uh, Masquerade Ball. I'm into it. Trademark, no one take it. <laughs> yeah, that's... No, this is a great idea. We should develop this. Yeah. As yeah. everyone goes... And you don't get to know who you're talking. No, wait, it's already done. Netflix has already done it with um. Oh, what, that show? animal. No, the animal show. <laughs> where they the animal get, show. Yeah, they do this thing where they get like professional makeup artists and they put you into a costume, like an animal costume. Like there's giraffe. You don't get to see the person's oh! face at all, and you just have a, a blind date basically. And if you get along, then you get you know they number at the end of the show. That's so like. Like a mass singer, but 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 just prosthetics. Yeah, 
Ours is cooler though because it's masquerade. So and there's a dance. That, like, and there's rrr. many people. Yes. yes. Masquerade, paper faces on parade. Masquerade. <gasps> hide your face, hide your reference. face, so the world will never find you. The the reason I'm making a Phantom of the Opera reference is because that is exactly what Nate looks like. <laughs> like he looks like he has found an old Phantom of the Opera mask from whatever right. show was on at the time. I'm sure Phantom's still running on Broadway, and he's just spray painted it silver and he's stuck mm-hmm. it on. That's his yeah. look for this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it mm, <laughs> it's not great. But like I think across the board, when we start to see the montages, the 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 men are unfortunately that's generally their mo. Like the men have gone for suit and mask, whereas all the like girls seem to have gone for dress and mask and gloves and wig and feathers and more wig and more dress and shawl and. Isn't isn't that kind of the appeal of it, that the women get to be all mysterious and the guys are just pretty guys with a mask? I didn't ever think about it that way, I guess. Like this is what Surely always kind of yeah. This is what always kind of bugged me about a lot of the Shakespearean plays, like Much Ado About Nothing, where you don't recognise them. It's usually it's always a man that they don't recognise mm. because of the mask. And it's like yeah. men aren't doing the fancy masks. They're lucky if they get a domino mask. <laughs> like, I'm just now thinking of the commedia dell'arte masks. You know, those like with yes. noses and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking of the um oh would it have been 96 97 the Kenneth Branagh much ado about nothing. Uh, it's a good movie. It's a you should wa- everyone should watch uh, the much the Kenneth Branagh much ado about nothing. It's uh, Keanu Reeves in one of his few villain roles. Oh. Yeah, Keanu Reeves doing Shakespeare is a sight to see. It's uh, like it's good. It's good. Yeah. Mm. I have yet to find a bad Keanu Reeves film. Although to, to be fair, for the Keanu Reeves roles, I have not seen uh, Constantine, uh, which I have heard is actually quite good, but I cannot cannot say. The reason I bring up Constantine is because it is a lot about um, hell and the devil, and that ties mm. in with what Chuck is wearing. With his sparky, sparky hair. Oh, NSYNC would be jealous of that hairstyle, Mr. Bass. It feels like he doesn't have enough hair to make it actually that spiky. <laughs> You can't even really tell, but he's got this very puck, very uh, classic yeah. Lucifer, 16th century mm-hmm. little mask, bright red to match yeah. his suit. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a good look. I dislike yeah. Chuck immensely. I'm not a fan of the actor either, but it looks good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, yeah, that's all I need to say. That's, that's it. Yes. How did you feel about the way Dan gets his mask? Do you recall? The way Dan gets his mask. Oh, because so, he, no, he gets it off the, the drunk dude. Yeah, yeah. He walks up and there's a guy hey, like it's a great trashed out of, of his. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful sleight of hand and a wonderful little persuasion deception. It's like this great moment of how players should sneak into events. Like not, oh, we're going to do shenanigans. He basically walks up to this guy on the street who's very clearly drunk and is very clearly at the party because he's in a thing. And the guy's like, is uptown this way or that way? And he's like, it's that way. Look, you know what? You're drunk. Go home. Get a cab. Here, it'll be easier if you don't have that mask on. 
and takes the yeah. mask off. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, it is. And he puts the mask And he goes, wait, wait, wait. Have you got a name? And he's like, yeah, I'm this guy. So he walks up to the, bo- to the bouncer and goes, oh, yeah, I'm that guy. I'm just stepping out because I, I got some air. And the bouncer's like, yeah, you can go in. Yeah. Because like, he's in a mask. He's in a mask. And they're not asking for ID because he does well under the deception role. And mm. that's a believable lie that this guy yeah. saw some kid in that mask walk out. He saw some kid in a mask walk back in. It's like, yeah, that tracks. You know the name. You got the mask. Head on in. Yeah. That was classic this- rogue. Dan's been classic. a good rogue maybe this this episode. I know he's yeah. doing a lot of lying, but like. Well, very rogue. Mm. Yeah. I I'm into it. This is well well crafted. It's got everyone into the yeah. into the scene that we need because next thing we see Vanessa and Jenny sneaking in as well. Jenny is yeah. just stoked to be here. So yeah. happy. I don't yeah. get it personally. It's like great you here and no no one. Oh, all right. Is this is this why she's there? She can do whatever she wants and no one knows. I don't think Jenny has that much foresight. I think it's literally for her just the fact she so desperately wants to be in this world that it is just being there. It's like going to Disneyland but having no money. You're like, you know, even if you can't buy the snacks or do anything else, it's just the fact that you're there. You can still go on the rides. Magical. Yeah, but let's say all the rides are broken. And uh, and you're too short to get on the rides. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Great. You're too short. You're too tall to get on the short rides, and you're too short to get on the. You just you just can't do anything. But you're there. I'm sure there's a better way. I can. There's a better. No, no, that that tracks. I like that because Jenny's too young to be doing all the things that people would be really getting off on on being in a masked situation. With the hookups and things like that is what I mean. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. So she's there. She's kind of there for the dresses and for the fashion. Like, we yeah. know that she's a, a fashionista. She loves this kind of stuff. Yeah. And it all looks good. It's amazing what some of these things, are, yeah, some of these outfits are put together. Awesome. So, yeah, there's a really good reason why she would just be in heaven right now of, of seeing all these things. Yeah. Um, so I like that Dan in his rented tux and his, his stolen mask, which, again, is basically a domino mask, yeah. looks cheap. Compared to everybody else yeah. in the party, he looks so cheap. Of course he does, because that's the whole point, right? He's meant to be, you know, the poor, yeah. poor Brooklyn boy. Yeah. Amongst the elites. But you know what this I think oh if you look in the background, there's a couple of other people calling it phoning it in. Oh yeah, for sure. Some are like, Yeah, I'm just here to get drunk. Uh, and she yeah. spots well, someone who didn't phone it in was uh, Rich Boy Four, uh, who we spot dancing with with Serena and he's like on like full pirate wig and like tricorn hat. And mm. I, I say pirate wig, pirates didn't wear wigs, very 18th century wig and tricorn hat and like mask and like doublet and, and yeah. coat. Uh, he's obvious, Dan's obviously disappointed to see this wonderful specimen of manhood and money dancing with his girlfriend. Yeah. And then his other girlfriend uh, comes in, realizes that, oh shit, um, I, I've got Jenny's keys. She's not going to be able to get back home because she apparently can't climb the the fire escape. Yeah. Good good and point. I hadn't picked up on that, but yes. So she grabs a mask just so she can mingle it. And her body language as she stomps through this is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. You're understanding what you said earlier. Like she hates this life. She detests it. Uh, probably again, because she's been kept on the outside, but, you know, in a different way. Yeah, for sure. Like, like she like, has no yeah. way of getting in. Oh, and Nate, 
Nate, I feel that Nate either, well, he definitely didn't use the Coke, but I feel that he got really stoned before coming to this because he is just standing there in the middle of the room and he's just like, what? Huh? He's like <laughs> zoned out. It's yeah. classic Nate behavior. And Blair's yeah. looking at him like, why the hell is he not doing all the stuff? Or why is he not following the yeah. clues that he's being told to follow all day for. Yeah. Yeah. Blair has spent hours working out who's going to who, chore- like choreographing outfits and colors and themes. And mm-hmm. well, Nate is she, just not doing it. She she looks ravishing, as Chuck says. Mm. Yeah. Um, and she has, well, I was going to say she has the line that, yes, you would like to ravish me. I get it. She kind of like speeds yeah. along their little flirtation uh, there. Yeah. And he she basically goes, Chuck, go, prod him, make him go in the right direction. Uh, Chuck is not interested yeah. because he spotted Jenny yes. uh, in her well, yellow dress. Well, he doesn't look, not that he recognizes her, no. but yes. No, he's just like, hey, some hot girl over there. And Blair's like, I don't care. It's probably some Dalton girl. I don't care. Go deal with Nate. It's like, yeah, yeah, later. Yeah. 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 <laughs> not, not cool. Uh, however, his flirting game when Chuck actually approaches Jenny. Well, hello, Angel. You must be my lucky night. And with taste to boot. Apparently not. I'm talking to you. Beautiful and me. I've got chills. Care to dance with the poor devil? Why don't we just skip all that and uh, go somewhere quiet to talk? I'll get the champagne. Find me in five. I don't know. I don't know. It's- I feel you're going to be biased in this this response. But- <laughs> Would I fall for it? Yes. But I, I don't know. But I think that's the whole thing of, of the masquerade as well. Like he's allowed to be a bit cheesy. And also, let's be honest, Chuck isn't the most eloquent creature. He's not. He does like he's witty. Money. He's witty. But yeah, he, he has other ways of how he convinces people. Like Yeah, it's called roofies. Um, <laughs> he... Sure. I, I feel that Chuck's most m- most valuable feature is um, is hidden by the mask. His smouldering, like yeah, he's burn. he's used to using his looks and the fact that everyone knows it's Chuck Bass and Chuck Bass is loaded and knows how to party. Uh, Having a mask on kind of defeats the purpose for Chuck. It's like he's got to rely on his natural charisma, which is not great because mm. Chuck's kind yeah. of a tool. Uh, and yeah. Jenny, who has been sexually assaulted by Chuck in the past, at first doesn't want to bar over. Then is like, oh, wait, he has no idea who I am. Yeah. I'm going to be. Which also begs the question. So he can't tell who Jenny is, but Jenny can immediately recognize him. I think Chuck might have face blindness. <laughs> like, he doesn't recognize Dan. He might. No. Uh, he doesn't recognize, recognize Jenny. Jenny. So, Anyone else he doesn't recognize? Not yet, but it's only a matter of time. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, so Blair, uh, Blair, Jenny seems to have a bit of a plan. Uh, she decides, yeah. hey, look, let's just skip the whole getting to know you and go somewhere for some fun. And yeah. Chuck's like, great, this is awesome. I'll get the champagne. Um, yeah, I worry about Jenny here. She's she's batting well outside her age range oh sure but there's a there's a certain thing that once she you see you do see like a little light bulb 
go off as well because yeah. she when she initially doesn't have the kind of you know interest and she's kind of getting rid of him and then i think she realizes like you said that he doesn't recognize her and she's like i got to play him because we yeah. have learned that jenny is uh yeah from the jacket thing she didn't think on her feet she can yeah you know, she's she's got some skills she's got some some mental skills yes <laughs> that is the best compliment i can come up with mental skills <laughs> Uh, so we jump back to the Waldorf party where Howard uh-huh. is trying to convince Eleanor. They, he doesn't seem to be doing a very good job of pitching his, his services. She's more interested in using the people that Calvin Klein's people recommended. Yes. Um, because uh, Howard hasn't done any fashion work before. And yeah. um, Mrs. Archibald, we still haven't learned her name, basically manages to to woo Eleanor over by being like, oh, look, hey, how about when our kids get married? Because Nate's definitely going to going to marry Blair. The fact that they're both seventeen doesn't, you know, factor into this at yeah. all. They're definitely going to be yeah. together forever. He can give her my grandmother's ring, you know, the one that the Vanderbilts gave me and yeah. or gave her. That's I feel that that's really underhanded. Oh, it's like a dowry. It's, it's so creepy. Hundred like percent. So, but creepy. I think this is a. Again, I don't come from the upper step, but I'm sure I've read articles before that this isn't uber uncommon for like powerhouse families to literally like still in this day and age combo. Yeah. Not in a, not so much in a range style, but like. Oh, yeah. I think there's a total thing about. It. I mean, going back to Legally Blonde, one of the best movies in the universe. There, yes. <laughs> there's the whole thing about how she knows that. Is it Warren? that um, she's dating at the start. Either way, that he's gone to see his grandmother. Warner. Warner, thank you. Uh, Gone to see his grandmother and got in the ring and this is going to be a big day because he's got, like, the the family heirloom that goes down and this is the payment for it. And, yeah, it's like this big deal that you pass down these these incredibly valuable items because they're creepy as all hell. It's not... Anyway... There's so many souls trapped in those things. Oh yeah, for sure. So many for souls. Sure. Yeah, mostly the miners that died to get the gem in the first place. But it's um, yeah, this is actually how the the wealthy keep their their money. They just keep the souls of all the people they screwed over. You heard it here first, folks. As an aside, I've actually been to Vanderbilt Mansion. It is a wonderful ah. place. It is gorgeous. Um, I don't think anyone could ever live there because it's like 470 rooms or something. But Jesus. Yeah, as a built like as a monument to what you can build, it's amazing. That's cool. I remember going through the library and trying to recognize any of the books, and it's like Almanac for 1870. And it's like, great, that's gonna be a fun reading on a winter's <laughs> night. <laughs> when you're living in the Vanderbilt mansion. Yeah. Look, when the zombie apocalypse comes, I've already got my, my locations planned out and the Vanderbilt Mansion is one. There's these beautiful, oh. long stretches of, of land leading up to it. So you always have um, have sight lines for, for when the zombies are coming. Uh, you've got nice. good defensible positions for the most part. And it's cold enough that they would freeze during the winter and you'd be able to pick them off one by one. Don't think I haven't thought about this. How about how are you getting to Vanderbilt Mansion should a zombie apocalypse begin? Stealing a plane. Great. Perfect. Flawless. Yep. Flawless. Yep. Flawless. So back to the episode. Oh, that's this, right. This is what people tune in for, our zombie apocalypse yes. planes. Yeah. yeah. Have we, we've hit an hour, haven't we? 
Oh, well, well over. Great. Amazing. That tracks. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Look, as long as we're still entertained is the important thing. Which we are. And we're well over halfway point of the episode as well. Great. Go us. Uh, and okay, so we get a bit more Rufus and Lily chemistry, which yep. I love because yep. you know, I'm always here for some Lily Rufus. They're also both wearing black, I just want to point out. Like it's a Moroccan party, there's lots of colour and they are both in black. Do you think that's because Lily told him what to wear? No, I think that's because they're both grieving the loss of a love that they miss. Oh, yeah. Or a loss that. That they, uh, lo- the loss of a love that they can't have right now. I think Bart's also in black though, so I don't know what that means. That just means he's gross, but... Um, I'm going to say that for... Sure. Honestly, I'm still not finding a problem with Bart at this point. He's just older guy (laughs) that Lily's dating. I mean, I'm sure there'll be reasons down the line why we don't like Bart, but right now he's just guy who's not in it much. And he raised Chuck, which is a major problem. In the Beetlejuice musical where they talk about, there's a whole song called Creepy Old Guy, uh, and it's about when Beetlejuice and Lydia get married. And there's all, there's a, there's one line that talks about like skin like grilled cheese, and that's all I can think when I see that actor. Yeah, exactly that reaction. Because he's just such a tall, old, like, and he's not even excessively old, but it's just so, because I think he's got like such like jaunty, like jaunty facials, jaunty no gaunt. Is that the gaunt, word I'm looking Like he's yeah. just got very bony face, and just all the skin just seems to like. I don't know. Patricia. I just don't like that actor. I would Ooh, say that's a great word. Yeah, he is um, Peter Cushing, uh, but forty years earlier. Lily is spying on Bart because uh, she's mm. so super into him and jealous that this this other woman's there. And Rufus has she's super a great into his money, but yes, it's true. Uh, well, I don't think she's even there because of that. I feel that he's just asked someone nice out on a date. And she's like, yeah, you got money. I'll come with you. This will just be like a business thing. It's a networking thing for me because she doesn't yeah. seem that into Bart. She's no. just kind of there. Yeah. Um, and she seems interested in everybody else around. So it's like, hey, I get to go to a party. This is cool. Yeah. Either way, Rufus has a really good way of getting Bart's attention, and that is to stick his tongue down Lily's throat. Mm. Uh, and works pretty well. It definitely gets Bart's attention. And I think it gets their attention as well, because they're a little bit shook up after that. Um, mm-hmm. They both turn to the bartender and are like, I need a drink. And I think it was meant to be in unison and Matthew settles like a second too late, like just one yeah. little beat too late. And it just sounds so fucking dumb. Yeah. Classic so this, this is the best take they got. All right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, so back to the masquerade ball. Um, here's an interesting little point. Did you notice what he was saying to to Serena as they're dancing, like his little story about air horns and yachts. I remember the, like mentioning boats, but I don't. He's very much a bro. He's totally a bro. He's like, every time we saw their yacht, we'd like blast the air horns. So every time we see their yacht now, we just pull out our air horns and let them rip. (laughs) I'd say it is almost enough to make you never want a summer in Newport again. (laughs) Wow, that sounds, uh... Oh. It is. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Um. I think it's something about Newport, which is a reference to the OC, because <laughs> that all takes See, place in Newport. It is. No it's a that's nice why. little joke. It's a nice little joke for those who are refined and cultured enough to enjoy both sides of the of mm. the East Coast West Coast. Of yachting. Yeah. So those people yeah. that enjoy yachts and the gossip. Yeah, fair enough. I think people that enjoy yeah. yachts would be quite refined in their taste. Except this guy, who is a total dude bro. 
he's yeah like, he's the he's the antonym of dan he is the worst, uh, which is why Dan kind of cuts in and is like, yeah, um, you looked bored, so I'm just going to be like, hey, I'm just going to dance with you instead. Serena's pissed at him. Yeah. Super pissed. Uh, which we don't get a, a resolution of yet because Katie and other sidekicks show up to be like, Nate, go find, you, you've got to start like following the clues. Blair is really mad. I've never seen her this mad. Like there's a vein popping outside <laughs> of her head mad. She is so yeah. fucking mad. Yeah. Uh, and Nate's like, oh, yeah, that. Um, and eventually they just go, go find Serena. Serena will take you to Blair. He's like, Serena, that'll help. I'm going to go find yeah. Serena. It's like, oh, my God, Nate, just, wow. He, he must be stoned. He's got to be stoned out of his brain right now. You, you can either say that, because I feel like finding your dad's cocaine is not by itself that, you know, devastating. Shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's not like you know he's you know he's had seen some you know, horrendous trauma just happened to him. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, the fact that he probably would be a stoner. Yeah, that checks out. I think there's a missing scene where he was just like, like toking up right before he walked yeah. in. He's been doing on it the like couch, most of the afternoon, which yeah. has been missed out this episode so far on Chuck's I couch. I know. I miss yeah. the couch. Miss Rip the couch. couch. We miss your couch. So Chuck continues to try to flirt with um, with Jenny. And she yes. has the idea, let's, um, well, I think he suggests strip poker, or she does, or some some idea. Either way, she decides yeah. hide and seek, and he immediately yeah. says, well, I don't have any breadcrumbs, so how would I find you? And I don't think that's how you play hide and seek, um, <laughs> Chuck. That's, like, it's setting up, like, a great little moment for them, but that's not how you play hide and seek. Like, the point is that they can't find you. <laughs> yeah, but Chuck always wins. Chuck would have been in that kid at like a birthday party that like you know, every layer of the past the parcel had a gift. So that oh, like, you yeah, know, to good. make sure that like, you know, he could win. Or like at his birthday party, he won every, you know, he always won musical chairs because it was rigged or like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just slow down the music as Chuck gets near the, ch- yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Uh, however, Jenny has a better idea for how he can leave a trail for her, which is mm. this very intimate little caress of his lapel. Are you impressed? Was is it a lapel that she's touching? I'm, it is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, look at me. I'm nice. learning like fashion terms. It's Amazing. only been ten years since I figured out the difference between a dress and a skirt. So um, now I'm, I'm doing pretty. Look, sometimes it's tough to get get confused. I, I get confused. Like they're both. Did you say sometimes it's tough to get confused? That's getting cut. I have editing powers. <laughs> I can get rid of all of that. I'm gonna look, take a point off if you edit that out. It's gone then. Dresses and skirts are both basically tubes in a lot of cases. Uh, sometimes they were, were difficult for me to figure out when I was younger. That's like saying that, like, all pants are cylinders. Yeah, they are. No. They're bifurcated Taking cylinders. Taking up <gasps> two points. Oh, my gosh. I'm losing points dramatically at the moment, dear listener. It's not great for me. <laughs> so Chuck falls for the very obvious ploy. <laughs> Yeah, I can see. Chuck falls for the very obvious ploy to get him naked, which you know what? That's fair. Um yep. if I was if I was We've 17, all been there, Chuck. We've all been yeah. there. Yeah, when you're seventeen and you're at a masquerade ball and you see some girl you think's from another school and she's like, Hey, let's get naked somewhere together and you're like, I am down. I am down for that stranger. That is a good plan yes. for me. I definitely don't have a 
uh, appointment at the STD clinic tomorrow. It's almost like they're at an arts party. Like these are all the arty. Like I don't know if you oh have my the God, privilege it of is. attending like an, it is. an arts party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like I know we say that facetiously that like oh you know as if the thing, but like I'm not speaking from experience. But what I've heard is that you pretty much rock up at these parties and everyone just gets naked and makes out all night, and under I the mean, sake of like knowing yourself. But I don't. I would. I've never been. I don't know. I have not been to that many arts parties. Most of the time I was going to house parties with like a a, a bin fire. That was my yeah. college experience. Right. But I am familiar with artists and yeah. I have heard many stories that confirm everything you have just said. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Another right. episode I might talk about a specific, because I think this will, this will tie in with a more specific episode in the future. Uh, again, not that I personally ever attended it, but yeah. Sure. Okay, well, that'll be something for everyone to look forward Great. to. Subscribe. Yes, everyone can look forward uh, so to you, that. Great. Everyone subscribe to the podcast so you can catch up on uh, on these stories uh, when we get yeah. to that point. If we remember. Uh, also send us emails. To, <laughs> I'm not wrapping up the show, I promise. We still have about 10 minutes of episode to get through. 10 yep. episodes, 10, 10 minutes of um, Gossip Girl. We've still got another like of 45 high minutes. Octane, high octane drama to get through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... Vanessa's wandering around as well. Dan is chasing after Serena yes. because Serena's mad Actually, too. can we just rephrase that? Vanessa is stomping around. She is stomping around as yeah. subtly as possible. In her Forever and 21 combat boots. <laughs> so Serena and Dan have a little confrontation. Uh, she calls him out on why the fuck did you lie to me? And to Dan's credit, he doesn't ask, how did you know? He just accepts, you know, I'm lying and I come clean. Well done, yeah. Dan. Uh, and he yeah. explains why he felt like he had to lie, which mm. is because he had a connection with with Vanessa. Um, but that changed once he met Serena. Yeah. Uh, and he really did want to come to the party because he wants to be with Serena at any time possible. Um, which, yeah, yeah, all right. It's, it's pretty good. He's still kind of a tool. That's like when you're first dating you know once you start dating someone you want nothing more than to spend every waking minute with them oh sounds so gross i know this, I'm dating, not this dating show is going to be so interesting <laughs> it's going to be great it's going to be the the didactic like the both ends of the spectrum so yeah it's going to be great um and dan declares i am no longer into vanessa or i am not into vanessa anymore and makes out with serena Vanessa is watching this whole thing. And I could pinpoint the exact moment his heart breaks. <laughs> kind of. Uh, and she runs off and Dan's like, oh, there's noise. There's some big combat boots clomping around somewhere. Oh, God, that's <laughs> Vanessa. What's Vanessa doing here? Runs after Vanessa and is like, and she's like, I thought you had a history paper. Doesn't seem like a fucking history paper now, does it, Dan? And again, he's just caught out in a lie. Yeah, uh, an unnecessary his, lie. His response too. is, I merely refrained from sharing the truth. Oh, my fucking God. He is the worst. What is yeah. what is that bullshit? I've used that, that line many times in D&D. I'm sure. Many times. <laughs> it's a great D&D line. In a yeah. relationship with your friend, it is a very bad line. This is, I, I kept it from a certain point of view. I'm always telling the truth kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, you know what, Dan can can go fuck himself. I'm not. I do not like Dan in this scene. Like, 
He's just a narcissist. He's a tool. He continues to lie. He continues to... Mm-hmm. He doesn't gaslight uh, Vanessa. He, like, admits... He's very upfront. Hey, I've got this thing going on with, with Serena, but... Yeah, we had it's a kind history of a big deal. And it all, yeah, it's kind of a big deal, and it's all this stuff. He, like, apologizes, and he's like... Vanessa's like, a year ago, you were in love with me. And now you're like some with with some blonde chick who we know he's been saying he's been in love with forever. Oh, true. So like, was he settling for Vanessa? Oh, I missed yeah. that part. I. This is why I don't. Yeah, Daniel. And the, the the worst part that she's like, you said you loved me, and Serena overhears it and is like, oh, oh, this is like this is juicy drama. I know what's going on now, and Dan's like. Uh, past tense, past tense. I loved you. I don't anymore. So you can, you can. You've been so far away in Woodbury in, in an hour yeah. and I haven't been able to see you or think about you because you were so far away. Such strong feelings. And now they're gone because distance. Serena's okay, right here. Tra- yeah. Serena's so much hotter. I mean, what? Uh, that's not Ooh. fair. They're both Yeah, hot. I was going to say, they, yeah, I was going to say, but yeah. oh Dan, not not good Dan. Bad Dan. No. Uh not and Vanessa is mad and she leaves. And Serena mm-hmm. is mad and she leaves. Mm-hmm. And which mm-hmm. one do you reckon Dan goes after? <laughs> That's you're not asking me? No, I've watched yeah, the episode. I know, but the oh. the audience can't answer me. Oh, I was leaving space for a rhetorical question for people to answer in their own time. So if you're just out walking your dog, you're just going to randomly, randomly email knowledge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He go he goes after Vanessa, uh, which history. And they do yeah. have a nice rapport, right? Like, it is a difference between you get more of like a best friend. Like him and Vanessa have obviously known each other; they have many more shared experiences. But him and Serena are new, but like you know, explosive. Yeah. Yeah. There has already been a lot of drama with uh, Serena where Vanessa, it feels like there wasn't that much drama until a year ago. Yeah. And they've like known each other for a lot longer. It appears we get the illusion that him and Vanessa and the fact that Vanessa is so comfortable in his house. Yeah. She's been kicking around for a while. Well, that makes when he actually goes after onto the street, even stupider because he runs up to someone. It's like, Vanessa, wait, turns this woman around, (laughs) grabs her by the arm. It's not Vanessa. Yeah, she's wearing a cardigan and has a similar skirt, but Dan, unable to recognise one of his best friends from behind. It is a masquerade ball, so he has just spent, you know, a lot of time not seeing people's faces, so he might be just, you know, adjusting. You know, when you play a video game for too long, like you play GTA for too long and then you go and drive and you just have an urge to, like... Run people off the road, yeah. Car. <laughs> yeah, see? Same idea. I've had that with GTA. I also had it with Sims where I used to like answer oh, in Simlish yeah. sometimes if I'm sunk yeah. too many hours into that because it was And just... you look for the little the little diamond above somebody's head to like, do they like yeah. me? Yes, no. <laughs> oh, things would be so much oh. easier if it was a Sims. If you could just right? leave for work and come back and oh, actually have to exist gosh. during it. Oh, it'd be wonderful. I was just thinking wonderful. that so um, much easier. We have briefly, well, we've skipped over the scene where Jenny locks Chuck onto the roof in his underwear. Oh, yeah, which is a beautiful poetic revenge. Yeah, Love it, it totally makes up for being sexually assaulted on a roof. Well, okay, no, it does. It's not, that's not what I said. But, like, I love the fact <laughs> that it's a motif that they both are on a rooftop, I guess, is what is. I like. I, I don't like their dialogue in this, where I think she's like finding his clothes and he's like, getting warmer. 
oh no wait am i am i getting warmer she says and he's like uh yes but that's hard because you're already so hot i'm like really you're really? so this your, hot this is your a game chuck bass this is what yeah. you're you're bringing to the table you must have like some amazing dick game if you're going to get anyone to come back for seconds with with phrases like this uh or it's just the the wallet uh either way she comes back with well i hope you don't get too cold and locks him out locks him out on the roof so they kind of um, not really that's not great i would have just just locked him and oh yeah and he's like banging my phone's in my pants i'm trapped up here bitch and i'm like that's that's kind of the point chuck do you not do you not see what's going on here she's stolen your clothes and left you outside she knows you're trapped up there yeah yeah. It felt like a little bit like, oh, everyone in the audience, guess what? He's trapped up there now because we couldn't put two yeah. and two together. This is the one scene where the episode has fallen down. Oh, look, I wouldn't fallen down is even a big phrase. It's, it's maybe a slight, uh, you know, it's the end of the people getting tired as they watch the episode. They're just helping the audience out. Getting tired when they're, they're watching the episode or listening to us. Because, it, <laughs> no, there are people sitting, taking notes, listening so intently. Uh, you know, probably should. preparing a thesis based on this cultural phenomenon that's about to that enters well, the, the the world. We do have some good advice for D and D. Not in these last couple of scenes, but um, we had a lot when we were talking about the masquerade. Not in these last six episodes we've recorded, but I mean, we do. We just haven't shared it with anyone yet. That's true. That's true. Well, we don't want people to steal <laughs> our games. <laughs> wait till the dating podcast, though, guys. Just you wait. Oh, it'd oh, be great. It'd be great. We'll have, a whole, we'll have a whole section on Rufus and Lily and just their history. And that's our next scene. The way Rufus yes. uh, finds Lily sitting by the, the Waldorf elevator. Of exposition. Exposition. That's right. Well, we do get a little bit of exposition here. We get a little bit more about how they're feeling. Uh, yeah. And, well, we, we, we have this available. We haven't had a chance to use it before this. Uh, so let us unveil it now. The, the wonderful jingle for the exposition elevator. Exposition elevator. What you learn here, you'll use later. Well, if you want to explain how you hooked up with the waiter, or go over again why your best friend is a traitor, what you're gonna need? Exposition elevator. Yeah. So in this, uh, in this scene of exposition. Lily is regretting uh, bringing Rufus here. They've had a moment. Um, she feels nauseous from, from their kiss. Uh, again, they've got this really playful banter, which I really enjoy. Yeah. And um, he's trying to, to make her feel better because it doesn't seem like their little, their little makeout session worked to bring Bart over. But then it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bart shows up and is like, oh, excuse me, can I have, a, can I have your date for a moment? Which Because very clearly like i'm i'm bart bass it doesn't matter that you brought someone else i'm just going to steal your woman and rufus is like that's my cue to exit which you know what good on you rufus you're a great wingman in this situation yeah Uh, i feel that he did really well he Mm -hmm. didn't provoke any feelings in either of them it was a flawless plan uh this will definitely not come to bite them in the ass later on no, I like how you said it didn't provoke any feelings. Like, yep, totally, totally. It's definitely not not planted a seed in yeah. either of their minds. 
Definitely not. Definitely not. Mm-hmm. Still a good wingman though. Hmm. So back at the ball. Who would you rather you start- have? As a, who would you rather have as a wingman? Hang on. Who would you rather have as a wingman? Rufus or who else? I'm gonna say Dan. Rufus. Yeah. Hundred percent. I Rufus. think Dan. Dan would be Dan would be good at the like. You know the talk, like getting to kind of, I think schmooze. But Rufus has the charisma, just the the, the all out charisma. I feel that more people are going to be drawn to Rufus, mm, uh, and mm. Rufus is a nice. Well, we've seen before that Rufus is nice enough to be like, I'm married, but Jeremy's not. You guys talk to Jeremy. Jeremy's oh. really cool. Do you know he's got a Have podcast. Have you met my friends? Yeah. Yeah. Hello, Where as Dan is more likely to scare people off. Mm. Like they are not going to be interested in Dan. They'll be interested in me because I'm not Dan. That's great. That works for me. <laughs> but they're counts. also like, they're also like, yeah, but we don't really want to hang around with Dan. Ah, uh, yeah. Gotcha. 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 He's a liability. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's like Dan would, in this situation, in the personality department, Dan is the ugly friend, um, which I, I don't like to use that phrase, but I did. And it's on record now. So uh, when I get canceled, that's, um, that can be evidence at my trial. Uh, whereas, Rufus, while certainly more attractive uh, than me, uh, will bring more people in with his general charm and charisma. Yes. And then I can use my charm and charisma. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. With Dan, I, yes. I'm fighting his charm and his negative charm and charisma to, <laughs> um, to keep people at our table. Yeah. I know. I, I completely see what you're saying. It's not even like he's a he's not even like a bowling ball situation where he can go in and scatter, so you can kind of like you know get people one on one. He's just yeah. yeah. He's just gonna yeah. get rid of everyone. No, that's Pretty fair. Much. That's fair. Yeah. yeah, he's a gutter ball. Is what we're trying to mm. say in this metaphor. <laughs> I have no segue to go from Tampin bowling and dating with Dan Great. to the next yep. scene. Uh, I, I I just got nothing. Uh, is it a so, strike? Sure, that'll do. Uh, this ep- this scene is a strike. It's a strike right. against. No, no, not even that. I, I can't do it. Uh, Jenny and Serena are talking in the bathroom. Uh, I think yeah. Serena's complaining about her mask. She can't see anything. It probably wasn't fitted. She just kind of grabbed it from from the pile of masks that she has for all of these masquerade balls yeah. she has to go to. Uh, I mean, and- you would have multiple masks at home, I'm sure, if in your masquerade box. Look, I do, <laughs> but that's a separate issue. <laughs> This for our other, this is for the other podcast. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, I so want to ask follow up questions. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm going good. to refrain. Good. I'll wait till off air. The um, it's it's glad that you refrain and are choosing not to do that because Jenny's asking Serena not to say anything about Jenny being at the party. Apparently, Blair will be super mad if it was discovered that mm-hmm. Jenny was at the party after she was forbidden from going. Uh, because Blair controls all in this situation. Yeah. And Serena explains what's been going on with Vanessa. Jenny's like, look, so what if there's a history? Dan is totally into you and is completely smitten with you. He doesn't shut up about you. This is all he talks about at home. And that seems to to give her a bit more confidence about the whole thing, which is nice. Yeah. So she's like, I'll go find him and sort it all out. And you know what? This mask sucks. So here, have my mask. Um, yeah, I can't remember why. I think they just swap masks for. There's a reason why Jenny doesn't like her mask, but obviously, um, 
um, she gets Serena's. Yeah. Oh, here we go, because uh, Serena's keeps falling off and Jenny needs a new one, apparently. And Oh, because she doesn't want to be recognised if Chuck gets out or anything. Oh, of course. Of course, because that went so well last time. It's like he's done Mm. nothing after being punched in the face. And so this feels like a very heavy-handed way of making sure that Serena and Jenny look like each other in this moment. Yes. Well, because they're both blonde women. Yeah, they're both blonde white women in yellow dresses. Yeah, multiple of. Yeah, that's just how it rolls. They're like the human uh, fighters of the D&D world. <laughs> they are. Blonde women. They are. And it works. Nate doesn't recognize uh, Jenny. And to be fair, he's looking at the back of her head uh, when she yes. walks out of the bathroom and Nate kind of grabs her and is, oh my God, Nate, you, mu- you must be high to think this is a good idea. <laughs> As he whispers in her ear how he can't stop thinking about Serena and how he's so into her. And if you don't stop me, I'm going to kiss you. It's like, mm, that feels a little bit like you're just putting everything on her to, to control your yeah. violent violent passion urges, Nate. Not yeah. cool. Not cool. Because yeah. he just, he waits like a breath and then turns yeah. Jenny around and kisses her. And she yeah. pushes him away after a moment. And it's like, yeah. yeah. She stopped you. You didn't give yeah. her a chance to stop you before you kissed her. Maybe if you had, she would have done this earlier. Mm. Yeah. Not, sure. not great, Nate. That could be his catchphrase. Not great, Nate. Not great, Nate. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so when he kisses Jenny, she pushes him away and is like, nope, 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 bad, bad. Don't, don't want that. That's, um, that's very bad for this situation. And then Serena comes out. And he's like, wait, what? Two Serenas? <laughs> I think that's the bigger clue that he's like, the way he reacts to that as well, that he might be stoned. Yeah. And Serena's like, what the hell are you doing here? You're supposed to be over with Blair. Look, she's just, she's just like this. Go find her. It's nearly yeah. midnight. Just, just run along, Nate. Just go, just go. Yeah. Uh, and pushes him away, which, um, well done. <laughs> Serena's following the plan. Serena's doing a great job uh, being a friend yeah. to Blair. And Blair spots Jenny running through the party and again thinks it's Serena uh, because the mask and of course uh, Serena and the shrug. Jenny's got her shrug on as well, like a feathery shrug. I think it's feathers. But when Blair grabs her and tries to stop her, the bracelet comes off and Blair recognizes the bracelet. That item from the start of the episode (gasps) has been used at the end as like a is this an is this an anchor or a motif? Or what's what is the what is the cinema cinema tag cinema word? What's the a word mo- for that? A MacGuffin. No. Yeah. No. Like oh, I don't know. That's fine. It's I'm not, not quite a. Ma- it's not yeah. quite a MacGuffin, but we understand what you mean. And yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Great. And this is the quality content people are tuning in for. Me kind of a, knowing words. It's not overly done either. It's like we established it. We got the reason why Blair recognizes it. Now we have the payoff. It's like one, two, yeah. three. Very simple. Uh, but it is midnight. Nate reaches Blair, but the clock has already chimed and she is not happy. Uh, no. Dan also sees Jenny running out and thinks it's Serena and tries to get her to stop, tr- not understanding why she's running away. Thank God he doesn't try to kiss her. <laughs> Second time in a night that he can't, like, he can't tell a woman. Yeah. Uh, it's it's worrying that the, all these people suffer from face blindness. 
and then we have the post party uh, as we've had the climax and of course someone has to flee from the from the ball like Cinderella at midnight yes. oh god I just realized that is exactly what they are doing yeah it is exactly yeah. it's not even subtle now I mean it no. is because I didn't get it but it's so <laughs> so that's very that's because this show is so powerful that's because that's what's so powerful about this show is that the layers of it and like at first you don't even notice it and then you realize wow it is it's super subtle well done uh jessica queller very well yeah. done i can see yeah. why you get a character named after you later so yeah we'll get into it then uh so post post party chuck's pretty mad he's figured out that jenny left him half naked on the roof he's managed to find a tux uh at some point yeah uh blair doesn't want to know how how he got that tux i have a feeling we all know how he got that tux he asked someone and gave them a lot of money <laughs> yeah money 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 chuck bass uh and nate is like well tough to be you nate, tough to be you chuck and goes to get in the limo with blair and she's like no no uh-huh. no no you didn't play the game you didn't get yeah. the prize yeah so and this is i'm surprised she's not in tears honestly she hasn't had like a full-on teen tantrum breakdown because yeah. she she's very calm about it and she's like it's not that you didn't find me it's that you didn't even try yeah and she has I think built she's, this yeah. she's built this up that this was going to be their first time this was going to be yeah. a fresh start for them this was going to be a rekindling of the relationship everything was going to be good and back to normal for them yeah. and he didn't even fucking try he didn't try yeah. to contact her well that she knows of uh yeah. all of these things and it's just like why is she putting in all this this effort why does she care mm. about him and i feel that she would be well within her rights to have a full-on meltdown right now like he has yeah. ruined her evening mm. but i think she's past that it's that idea of being past that point like i think she knew that answer probably like two hours before at that party yeah when he wasn't like interviewing and it's just kind of that point of like probably already had a bit of a cry probably had a little bit of a cry in the bathroom and now it's just the point of like ugh, like i'm just so always a stupid so, pretty much yeah. i'm gonna go hang out i'm gonna go hang out in my bed with serena again except she's not because serena's not there either she's just gonna go home and and be sad by herself because katie and other sidekick are heading off with rich boy four yeah um <laughs> I feel that Katie Kudos and to them. Other, well done. Katie, Katie and other sidekicks seem to be a couple who occasionally invite a third person into their bed. Great. Because we have seen them kind of have that same sort of dynamic with Chuck uh, in an yeah. earlier episode. So I feel yeah. this is just kind of their thing. They're, they're for a Glee reference, they're the uh, Brittany and Satana of, yeah. Amazing. of, um, of Gossip Girl. Except How that they were them? totally... I don't know. I, didn't st- I stopped watching after season one. So Dan is calling Serena, uh, just kind of trying to work things out. He's like, why did you run away? And she's like, oh, you ran away. This little miscommunication, the comedy of errors that's going on. We could very clearly see that she is standing in the background of his shot, which she realizes yeah. she kind of like turns around and is like, I'm right here. I am right here. So they, let's talk face to face. And again, yeah. they sort things out. Uh, you know, he's only into her. She's only into him. They've got it yeah. over she says you know let's do this this thing that jenny told me that you wouldn't be into and he's like i would definitely do that for you yeah again he lies 
he lies through. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to say what makes you happy. Because you know, oh. when it came down to it, he would be like, oh, I'm busy that day. It's like, just. I, I would have liked it more if that mm-hmm. moment had been like, I really like you. I am never doing that with you. To be yeah, like. Yeah, I guess there's that honesty. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how much he likes her. He doesn't enjoy this thing and he's That's not going to do it. early on in the relationship. I think I know, early it's... on in the relationship, you do say yes to everything. And then it's like six months later, you're like, by the way, you know how I've been coming to watch you play soccer every week? I fucking hate that. Can I not, please? Is I've this shown you my you've had commitment. To confess? No, 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 it is. This is not from personal experience at all. Uh, I, I just. But I'm it's... just hyper. I'm I, I, like, uh, what's it? Hypothesizing. Sure. <laughs> sure. Hypothetically. <laughs> Theoretically, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's, it sets a bad precedent for their relationship. That it is Dan lies, Serena catches him, he apologizes, he makes a big statement, then he lies again. Hmm. That seems to be how this has come off. Hmm. So, yeah, it's not, yeah. it's not a great, great. And I feel that this is how, kind of how Dan operates. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, it's not great. Uh, so Nate, hmm, uh, Nate gets home. His parents are up late, and I've I've got the wonderful note that they are celebrating in the most low key way possible of just sitting there silently in a room, looking at the doorway, waiting, <laughs> waiting, waiting. for Nate to return. Because they uh-huh. announced Howard got the Waldorf account. It's great news, and Nate's like, "Yeah, this is great. You guys don't seem pleased." And they yeah. explain, yes, we were looking for a corkscrew to um, to celebrate, and we found a packet of cocaine. <gasps> Nathaniel. <gasps> Nathaniel Archibald. How fucking dare you have cocaine, this thing that we definitely <laughs> didn't do in the 80s. <laughs> or just do two hours ago at, at Eleanor's <laughs> Moroccan party. We're very upset that you stole our cocaine. We're very upset that you're using a different dealer. We have a family coke dealer, damn it. We have a family dealer. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's not why they're... Well, there's a good reason for Nate to be upset because his dad says fucking nothing. Yeah. Just throws his son under the bus and be like, nope, yeah. that's His dad's the Nate's worst. Cook. Just, yeah. dude. Dude, what the... Look, you know you've got a problem when you lie about the problem. Yeah. Like, is that like a thing? Say, is that like a is that like a is that like a, a, a quote? Like a It's it is kind of a thing that if you have if you have a problem with alcohol and you lie to people about how much you drink, then oh, you're probably gotcha, gotcha, aware gotcha. that how much you're drinking is a bad thing. Cool. Noted. Yeah, and this is again why Dan's whole I'm just gonna lie now is is concerning to me. So mm. look Bringing it back to the point of the podcast for just a moment, players don't use deception all the time. Come up with other ways. Don't just lie to everyone to to get through. It is actually a sign of like a messed up personality. So unless you're going for that, maybe just bribe people. It works a lot easier. And it actually has something to do, gives you something to do with all that money you loot out of dungeons. So this is now the the moment of, um, of everyone getting home. Uh, Dan gets home as well after his makeout with Serena, probably in the street, because that seems to be yeah. where they, they get off. Uh, Jenny's already there. He She is covering up that she's been to the, the party at all. Uh, because Very Dan's Cinderella. Kind of, yeah. Very Cinderella. 
Oh, now I was here packing the little cinders out of the fire all night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that what she was doing? Isn't there a thing that the original one, there's like little, they put, that's why she's called Cinderella, because there's like little things in the fire that get thrown in there and she has to pick them all out in order to go to the ball. We'll and the little birds help her the first time. And then, yeah. Also, yeah, it's super grim. And then her sister's oh, feet, all, they, they all cut their feet off and stuff to fit into the slipper. And that's why the birds blind the sisters at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes so much sense now. Excellent. Thank you huh. so much. I'm learning something tonight <gasps> as well. Oh my gosh, we're only six episodes in and finally. Finally, yeah, I've shared something. Hey. All becomes clear. We didn't see any birds in this episode. This isn't uh, Motherland <laughs> with the bird tweets. And so Vanessa is at the loft too. Uh, she has a peace offering. Uh, he does try to apologize to Vanessa and she tells him, shut it. No, don't want to hear apology. It's forgiven. We're friends. All of that kind of thing. I'm going to require um, all these feelings and just push them deep down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's healthy. Yeah. And you know what? She tries to be a good friend. She's like, so who's this girl you like? Classic. Uh, Classic girl who has a crush on a boy. Find out all about the competition. Good girl, Vanessa. Good girl. Is that that how it works? That explains so much. No, I don't know. I wouldn't know. I've never done it before. (laughs) Uh, and he does start to go into the whole drama. He talks about the best friend who hates him, the mother that he spars with. You shouldn't have to spar with a girl's mother, Dan. You, it, at this point in the relationship, you shouldn't have met her mother. You should have gone on like two dates, maybe seen the mother when she drops her daughter off at the, the movie theater. Mm. I'm not saying anything from from my experience but it's total teen drama stuff and then we we zoom out from the episode uh so we zoom out from them as the episode closes out i don't know if we get a gossip girl voiceover it's a little creepy hearing dan talk as dan talks so i'm kind of glad that we don't we probably do and i'm just um just may i it has been a long episode this one actually (laughs) this one's messed with my head because it was good and i enjoyed it and this hasn't what? happened. This hasn't happened yet. Can you just repeat that? Time. It was good, and I enjoyed it. <gasps> you heard it here first, folks. This is the kind of Jeremy thing I'd expect convert. from the OC. You keep. I. I don't understand I what these letters mean. It's so confusing. It, uh, sorry, I'll, I'll rephrase it. That's the kind of thing I'd expect from a good show. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of good shows, and ours is one of those, there is one final thing that we do every week on our podcast, and that Mm -hmm. is pick a character from the episode that we've just watched and Mm -hmm. talk about how we would make them into a player character or an NPC in one of our Mm role-playing games. Meek, Mm -hmm. uh, ladies first, would you like to pick yours for the week? I would, and I know I'm worried I'm going a little bit hard early. Oh, dear. But, yeah, but... I do think I like, again, as a PC, I love how Dan played the rogue in this episode. Like from the getting into the ball, from the like little lies sprinkled throughout, from the like, you know, miss, you know, for all the good things a rogue does, then like not being able to tell your party member from two other people in a ball twice because you've rolled badly. <laughs> um, but we, have, think, yeah. we have said before that Dan is a low wisdom character. So his perception would be, you know, below floor level most of the time. Yeah. But I think he, in terms of like, but his int is fairly, is, you know, 
Yeah. Kind of okay. It's pretty yeah. high. Sure. And his charisma would be, you know, although Average. waning sometimes. Yeah. On a good, I think it's enough, though, that, like, on a, like, 11 above roll, he's fine. Do you know what I mean? Okay, sure. He, he's pretty most of the time. He can get by. Yeah, 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 yeah. He is yeah. Rufus's kid. Yeah. Um, but no, I really liked, like, as much as Dan, I know, isn't probably the most popular character in this thing. I think it's also because his character and the way he played it, this whole thing reminds me of my Rip uh, play character who is no longer in-game um, due to a case of the dying. Um, yeah, like, he just reminds me of her so much a bit that just the constant little, like, little, just little white lies here and there because that was the gut knee-jerk reaction to anything when you had to get out of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then suffering the consequences of those said white lies in game so okay. that's my okay. choice dan is a rogue uh yeah that's interesting i've also gone a rogue but i haven't gone in on, on dan humphrey yet i suspect that might be a later episode uh, yeah he's... i am worried i've picked too soon yeah i this is why i often pick in like very minor characters and like characters are only in one episode uh because i don't want to pick too soon most of the time however i have gone with vanessa um so again oh okay I'm, I'm so again going early on vanessa i'm going very early on vanessa mm. uh, and again i would go a rogue i would do the very anti-capitalist anti-establishment fury of the oh. system steal from the rich but don't give to the poor because they don't know how to use it properly try to set up some sort of collective and throw overthrow the state sort of rogue yeah right yeah i I really like because she does have this rage. She knows how to break into places. Um, she she has street sense. She got street cred. Yeah, she's got street cred, but she doesn't really have that that high intelligence of how to to operate in other situations. Mm. Like she just kind of goes for for what she's going to go for. She's really yeah. good in her environment, and as soon as you take it out of it, she's suddenly lost. She can't chameleon herself to like that's correct yeah yeah but she does have these very strong friendship bonds so i feel that she's got that connection mm. to to her own little community mm. uh so she does yeah, have people we- who will stick up for her and yeah back in woodbury all the way out of new had, york she had no friends in woodbury you know she had no <laughs> friends in woodbury. yeah yeah, I mean, it was, it's just so far from New York. How could she possibly have set roots when she moved so far away? That's yeah. All. Yeah, when she loves this. I can't fault her for loving New York. I know. Absolutely not. Like, they're just, when she says this, when they're loving New York, she's just walking down the street, watching some guys play basketball and talking about what movie they're going to go see. I'm like, fuck yes. That sounds like a great Thursday afternoon to me. Yeah. That's in that, the world, yeah. in the best city in the world. Well, maybe not the best city in the world. In a, in a very good city. Top certainly city. In, in a city in the world. <laughs> yeah, New York is a city in the world. We can finish on that confident note. That's not Woodbury. I feel that that's the important thing. <laughs> as, a, uh, as a fun aside, listening to this podcast, Dan could have travelled to Woodbury and back. Or it's, it's not a huge, huge, um, huge... Could he have got to Hudson? Could he have got to? He could have got to Hudson, possibly one way at least in the possibly. time you've been listening to this. Amazing. 
Possibly. Gosh, let's can we let's never reference how long it takes people to get places in, in how long we record this because I I don't even know if I want to know that. That's terrible. I don't think I do either. Uh, it's a little look. It's fun for us, and that's the important thing. Exactly. Yeah. And hopefully, all our amazing listeners are just yes. loving everything. We Please do appreciate. Please do head over to Apple Podcast, as I've mentioned earlier, and leave us five stars. Uh, subscribe so you can get the episodes on the weekly basis that they are released. If you want to send us feedback, I am available on uh, Twitter and Instagram, which is at dndntvpod. Uh, that's also got an at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to send me an email instead, Meek, where can people find you on the interwebs? <gasps> If people would like to come and invite me to a masquerade ball, uh, at blushing underscore bard uh, on the gram. And I think Twitter, but I don't really tweet. So hit me up on the gram. Are you going to put masks, Cringy... mas- are you gonna put masquerade masks in the shop? <gasps> That's a great question. Maybe. I do eventually so want to get cool. into like cosplay, like D&D cosplay props, like everyday cosplay props you could wear at the table. They just help you get into like character. Like, mean, like a little elf ear. Yes, like a little yeah. elf ear. Or like, you know, I've got some wicked, actually, am I wearing this today? I've got some <gasps> wicked, like, sword earrings and stuff. They're they're rad. Or like a, a plumage mask if you're playing an Aarakocra <gasps> or like a little cat mask oh. if you're playing a tabaxi. Yeah, that would amazing. Be so, I just love the idea of the DM having to swap out constantly as they put them in an orc <laughs> mask and then a Rakshasa mask and then a Beholder mask. <gasps> That'd be so cool. Ooh, I do one day. Mask. That would be good. Oh, that's very cool. One day we do have to talk about DM attire and as in like, because I do have certain outfits that I DM in because they are like my go-to DM outfits. But that's that's not for now. That's a whole no, other conversation. I think, I think I know the episode we're going to talk about for that. That's all from us from this week. Again, thank you so much for listening. Um, stay safe, be kind to yourselves. And until next time, may all your hits be crits. Thank you. Sorry again. Bye. <laughs>